0: Hello.
1: This is required
2: viewing.
1: What? What does uh, Russell Crowe enjoy going down on his wife? Why? Because he's a gladiator.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. That was oh my good. Gosh. That was dumb, that was great. Thank I'm you. into it. I like dumb puns, yeah, what's the spice of life? You know what I mean
0: right, right, thank you. I make puns, and I don't even know it anymore. I kept- I made two surgical related puns while talking about needing to get a kidney stone removed, and I didn't even pick up on it. They didn't even fucking. <laughs> Phase me, <laughs> Bert had to stop me. He was just like, "You realize that you just said that's the way you slice, however you slice it, <laughs> and something else." That I was like, "Yeah, I don't know, man." man. You're welcome. So I'm you're welcome. about <laughs> it. <laughs> I, well, I have a whatever.
1: I, one of my most recent favorite ones is I have a shirt that has just like a print of a little pug on it all over the shirt, and um, so when I wear it to work, uh, I like purposely put on like a sad looking face and. My boss, you know, he'll come up to me and he would be, like, be like, are you okay, Mateo?" I'm like, yeah, just, I don't know, man. I, my self esteem's not feeling too good today. I don't know why. Everybody keeps saying my shirt's really
2: pugly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, Like I can see it on his face once he heard it. He almost told me to go home. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> like, uh, it's the letdown,
0: that moment of letdown.
1: He's like, I thought you were seriously upset. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why my shirt's so pugly. <laughs>
3: Oh my god, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> what What do you think? Did you know that pugs are no longer classified as dogs? Yeah. Are they cast- Did you hear Cla-
0: about that? Are they classified as rats or something? What I
3: don't remember what they're... Are it's they not a, a dog spe- anymore. Are they a new species? They basically have been overbred so much mm-hmm. and the de- deforming of their face has made it so they no longer like qualify f- to be a dog. Yeah. So they don't have a snout anymore because they don't really have a face.
1: Poor dog. But I feel so so bad
0: they're like room. a pugly duckling
3: yes
1: wouldn't it be a pugly dogly
0: oh
3: maybe maybe, maybe. welcome back to the choir <laughs> <Podcast>. <laughs> a seamless segues every single week this season i'm just on point i'm Aaron. i'm chloe and we're joined by mateo
0: mccord for the punk rock horror podcast hello Hey dude, welcome back (laughs) I like that
3: Thank you (laughs) Thank you
0: We're a trio now So now we have to go in Hello Hello I know Hello
1: and I gotta, I gotta rewarm up my like hosting voice of like how like the pipes <laughs>
3: so hack violently yeah, into yeah. the microphone. <laughs> I
1: just, I, I just gonna go into the, a cold shower with ginger ale and like honey and just like double-fisting those throughout the whole time. I go back.
0: <laughs> yeah, people don't know what it takes to sound so velvety for everybody. We brought the humidifier down here earlier.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> we're I literally taking right right hits now. of
0: humidifier. We, we
1: were. <laughs> When I, when I did, when I did like my first, like your, like your first serious job you do when you become young adult and you're on your own, I was, I was custodian. And, uh, there's this, there's this, uh, one, uh, older lady I worked with and I swear to God, she needed to do a career in narration, but only about food. Like, cause when, cause she had like the best sweet motherly Southern voice when it came to, t- and it wasn't like so you trusted her. It, oh my! It wasn't even just that. Like I could taste the food that she described. It was
3: like like butter, like when she
1: talked about like like pecan pie. Like I lo- I almost lost my mind. She's like, yeah. Over the weekend, I made a nice caramelized pecan pie. With the girls, and we, you know, was worried it was gonna come out a little too hard, but it actually came out very nice. And we decided to make another pecan pie, and this time we put some brown sugar on top and we watched that caramelize. (laughs) And we used a nice brioche as well.
0: That would be very soothing. <laughs> I was like, I, so yeah. she was also an ASL. That is how her she artist? talked,
1: too. Like, no one believes me. And, like, her name was actually Karen, and I will fight anyone oh. that she's one. She's the one of the few. One of the few. There's a I few know,
0: good Karens. I know a couple good Karens. Oh, my yes. God. We should make a little small mockumentary called A Few Good Karens. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll just find her, some good her voice is great.
1: Like, like including
0: ma- your stepmom, Karen. Yeah.
1: Like, Martha Stewart, then. Karen I worked with. <laughs>
3: nice. <laughs>
1: Man, I love Also, ones. did
0: she bring you some pie?
1: Um, she brought in baked goods once, oh. and I was so mad because I only got like a little bit of it left when everybody else was just like, <clears throat> decided to eat it
0: all. <laughs> At a job I used to have, there was a, an engineer, s- seemingly curmudgeonly, but the most amazing baker. He made the most moist, lemon cake hmm. and like poppy seed other all of it okay. it was it shit, was. Surprising. did your boyfriend
3: text you back about making that cake shit now we're talking about cake yeah.
0: can you make a pecan pie <laughs> hey babe, what you can, can you make do sure it? to sprinkle brown sugar on you know here yeah. for some reason we just really have a hankering for, <laughs> for some pecan pie and fun funfetti cake <laughs> oh my god but a baby <laughs> you know who's lived some
3: funfetti life the sheens
0: i think funfetti is the brand of venereal disease that charlie sheen is about to invent mm-hmm. um
3: we are talking about this royalty of tinseltown who have struggled with their heritage not so publicly until recently um but we're gonna touch on a little bit of everybody to hit a little martin Emilio! <laughs> that one's my favorite. <laughs> Martin's your
0: favorite?
1: No, Emilio. Oh, Emilio. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and
3: then Charlie. Good
0: old Chuckles. Good
1: good old good old Chuckles over here.
0: Yeah, top of the episode. Before we get into it, because the answer might change. Question for you. Oh, who God. is your favorite Sheen? I just said it. Okay. Sheen slash Okay, You said Emilio. Y- yes, when
3: yeah, I was yes. a kid, it was definitely Charlie, which is why we're watching one of the movies today. But now, as an adult, it's 100% Emilio.
0: Emilio as a kid and Emilio currently. Okay, but when we talk about one of these other movies today, like, there's, I
3: was not into Emilio in that movie, I was into the other dude.
0: But we're gonna, t- uh, we're, yeah, gonna we're gonna talk about tracks, it. Man, we're gonna talk track so about it. <laughs> that tracks, man. That tracks so hard. That tracks so hard. But you also
1: don't like really kind of think of you know animals when you look at Martin Sheen. When you look at Charlie Sheen, you think of tigers and it's a tiger blood. blood. But you know what I think of when I see Emilio? I just think quack, 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 oh. Quack, oh my quack,
3: God. quack, quack, <laughs> quack, quack, <laughs> quack, quack, <laughs> quack. We're gonna get into it. I was, it was <laughs> so excited to fucking bring that up, dude. I'm so glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty Ducks forever.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't even watched.
3: Okay. I, forgot, I forgot that he was a lawyer. Did you remember that <gasps> oh, he yeah. was a lawyer and then went to teach ho- like coach hockey? Oh, so, it was, it Did uh, you forget that? Because I forgot that.
0: <laughs> we, we ha- we've been saving certain movies for the 90s, and I think mm. that is one of the ones. Oh,
3: wow. Mighty Ducks? The Mighty yeah. Ducks franchise? Yes. With yeah. Kenan Thompson in it? Yes. yes.
0: Knucklebook. and all the other famous 90s child stars that were in all the other movies that we remember. Heavyweights. Heavy fucking weights, dude. Uh, Heavyweights. Heavyweights is so... Uh, Weep, that movie classic. is
3: still fucking funny like to this to day, this day. It's still, yeah, I still ben stiller yeah, we I tip still our hats to you friend
1: right. it's still so surreal that ben stiller is in that movie for me and i don't know why like
0: he's insane he made questionable
3: choices like, in the 80s that and was, 90s that
1: was the origin story <laughs> of his of his character in dodgeball that's really 100
0: 100 percent. I that this heavyweights is one of the movies like when we decided we sat down and decided we wanted to do the podcast and we were starting to go through how do we structure this heavyweights was top of the list absolutely top of the list
3: also uh one that we're gonna touch on today but one we have not done yet we're saving that one young guns Oh, because Chloe is obsessed with Young Guns. Dude,
0: I we watched it so much when I was younger. I don't know. There was a huge surge of cowboys and Indians in the nineties. We
3: were a Tombstone household, which is why we watched. Oh, we watched
0: Tombstone as well, but we young. We watched a lot of Young Guns, and Mm. it was just. It wasn't just Emilio in that. It was Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips. Holy
3: shit! What about like
1: (sighs) Gunsmoke? I mean. If we're talking uh, like, Cap, like we I,
0: don't, I don't think they showed that as much in my really? like. I think we watched it maybe once, but Young Guns was mm. showed on a regular okay. basis. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. It was awesome. Yeah, my Young head. Guns and Young Guns and Airheads. Oh, love Airheads. Yeah,
3: heads. a lot of Airheads yeah. at my house love too. Airheads.
0: Those were those were the men of the '90s in my mind. That's what that's what mm-hmm. that's what men were to me. i still, still per- are a yeah. little bit so- <laughs> still
3: perplexed by my attraction to Steve Buscemi and Airheads. Every Oh woman right, is. absolutely. Be like man, I definitely he's sexy that. in like
0: two things, but like in that movie, he can fucking get it, wig and all. I don't so, care. But,
1: but basically, what you're saying is that you know, the bar is set at having to take over a radio station and and playing with hot sauce. I'm not
0: gonna lie, I dated a drummer <laughs> and we watched that movie together because. I feel like a prerequisite to date any of us is you have to like movies. If you don't like movies. It's a fucking problem. It's like you can't not. So this person loved movies as much as I did. And we were like, fuck yeah, let's watch Airheads. And I was like, yeah, you should. He's like, should I model my like state? I was like, you should absolutely dress like anything from this movie that will secure our dating history, which he didn't. And fun fact, we are not dating. Maybe, maybe. But you are
3: still dating a musician. I am. So it's still on brand (laughs) (laughs) type. It's still on brand. (laughs) I'm there too, dude. Have a problem with musicians.
0: It went with the basses. So I went at the Steve Buscemi route instead of the Adam Sandler route. There you go. There you go. So.
3: Are you guys ready to find out some crazy fucking shit about all three of these dudes? Let's do it. I had some revelations. She
0: was having a hard time. It took Condensing me. Condensing a, a the life of all three men. There's a lot that's happened. We're going to start
3: picturing it. Dayton, Ohio, <laughs> August 1940.
0: That is not
3: what I was picturing <laughs> at all. I was not
0: picturing Dayton, Ohio.
3: Martin Sheen is not born Martin Sheen. <laughs> what? He is born. Is there
1: just like a prison of like Sheen's, like how there was for Bane and Batman? And it's just like a whole prison of like sheens. And it's just like. Okay, but a- he
3: wasn't born a sheen. You're, are you was born. He was born as a sheen. I was <laughs> molded
2: by the sheen.
3: <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm going to tell you why she is a sheen.
0: <laughs> you need to embrace your hurricane. Become a sheen. Be a Become a- one I of
3: us. Be a sheen.
1: As there's just like a mass of just like decrepit, like. You know, sheen's I haven't seen the light. Oh my and god. They just like they only know <laughs> the one forgotten way to communicate. Sheens. It's just Sheen,
2: <laughs> oh <my God>. sheen.
3: <laughs> So he was actually born Ramon <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Estevas. Not not a sheen. Got it. Uh his mother, Marianne, his father Francisco. Both parents were immigrants. His mother was Irish. His father was Spanish. They moved after moving to Dayton in the 30s. His father was a factory worker and machine inspector for the National Cash Register Company. Don't
0: know like the National Cash Register Company. Yeah. Okay. Like
3: everybody knows that. And he went from okay. the machine
1: inspector to the machine invest her. <laughs> 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 aha, aha. Let's see how many I can just whip out. <laughs> I will <love> this.
0: <laughs> you did prepare us. I told you. you. you I'm, like, did I'm, gonna, I'm gonna
1: get my puns ready.
3: Sheen contracted polio as a child and had to remain bedridden for a year. His doctor's treatment using Sister Kenny's method helped him regain the use of his legs. Now, because I knew all of us were going to be like, what the fuck is Sister Kenny's method?
0: I'll look that shit up. Thank you. (laughs) See, we do research here at Required Viewing. We read and stuff. People mm. are constantly shocked. They're like, "You guys do a good job." We're like, "Yeah, we are educated I, bitches." Who are like, Thank these. you,
1: <laughs> thank you for recognizing.
0: Right.
3: Um, so the Sister Kitty method is basically using warm compresses, warm washcloths right. on the muscles to relax them, to allow the mobility. Okay. So, hmm. jacuzzi baths and okay. shit.
2: Yeah.
3: Light hydrotherapy. Interesting. Okay. When he was 11 years old, Sheen's mother died and the children face the possibility of living in an orphanage or foster homes. The family was able to remain together with the assistance of the Holy Trinity Catholic Church in Dayton.
0: Not a visual medium. They cannot see your... That was for you guys. <laughs> but they can, a... they can they feel, feel it. They can feel it. They know. I blessed everyone
3: at the table.
1: <laughs> oh, somebody's questioning us. Okay, we're good. We're good. They did the thing.
3: He was obviously raised as a Catholic and graduated from Catholic school. He went to a Catholic high school at 14 years old. He organized a strike of golf caddies. You heard me right. (laughs) He organized these. Get ready. This shit gets weird real fast. At 14, organized a strike of golf caddies while working at a private golf club in Dayton. He complained about the golfers saying, quote, they often used obscene language in front of us. We were little boys, and they were abusive, anti-Semitic, oh. and they, for the most part, were upstanding members of the community, end quote. Sass at 14. Sheen was drawn to acting at a young age as well, but his father disapproved of his interests in the field. Despite his father's opposition, Sheen borrowed the money from the Catholic priest. From the Catholic priest. I was a little surprised. And moved to New York in his early 20s, hoping to make it as an actor. So you're saying we
1: now have another thing to bring the Catholic priests for.
3: Absolutely. Mm. (laughs) He spent two years in the Living Theater Company. It was in New York that he met Catholic activist Dorothy Day. Working with her Catholic worker movement, he began to commit uh, acts of... Social justice. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) commit. Uh, He would one day play Peter Murren, co founder of the Catholic Worker Movement, in Entertaining Angels, the Dorothy Day story. (laughs) So he worked, he did a movie about someone he knew. Okay. He deliberately failed his entrance exam to the University of Dayton so he could do his acting career when his parents found out they were super excited. Real happy. His dad was real happy about that. I'm so glad you failed, son.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, Daddy, I'm stupid. I need to go do this. Acting. Ah, Sheen, Daddy. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my God, that's great. Uh, ah,
3: Sheen. Uh, we're gonna find out right now where the Sheen was born. Yes. So he adopted his stage name from a combination of CBS casting director Robert Dale Martin who gave him his first big break, and the Catholic televangelist Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Hmm. He did this to make himself sound more white. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. And now we have the Sheen. the sheen sheen is born from the Catholic church from the Catholic. There's so much more Catholicism in this story than I was ever
0: really anticipating. Just about to say, I was
3: really kind of thrown off,
0: jam packed with the Catholicism that explains a lot more about the next one.
3: Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) So he starts getting into films around this time, 68. He was in a movie called the subject was roses. He does badlands in 73. And then he does, Apocalypse Now in 79, one of our movies today. He played President Josiah Bartlett in the television series The West Wing from 99 to 06. We got Grace and Frankie is what all the youngins would know him from now.
0: <laughs> um, he's great in Grace he's, and Frankie.
3: He's just had a, a fuck of a career. I really just didn't want to to his entire IMDb because it's really long. Y'all can go look that up. I'm,
1: I'm just more disappointed that you didn't mention he was in a comic book movie.
3: He was in Spawn. He He was. was Yeah, he was. He was the bad
1: guy in Spawn.
3: I (laughs) love that movie. He was like an action, kind of an action dude in that movie. I remember him him in a helicopter at one point in time in that movie. John Leguizamo (laughs) in that movie. Oh my fucking God. John Leguizamo. Martin Sheen, yeah. uh, Todd McFarlane, Spawn.
0: Did anybody ever? I go stayed out? up
3: late on the weekends with my dad and watched. That was a very inappropriate show for children. It's ever? on HBO Max now. If, it's, if, oh if yeah no because yeah. it's an HBO show. <laughs> yeah, so but, um, did anyway. you
0: go out and get a trench coat?
3: No, but his trench coat was pretty fucking sick.
0: Right. <laughs> I wonder what that did for trench coat sales.
3: I know it
1: made it hard here in Colorado to wear one for a while. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god dude it's making a comeback so that's good oh, oh, oh.
0: that's the shitty part is it's a practical garment yeah i am they the trench people coats are...
1: people ruin things for everyone else It's just how it goes so martin sheen has worked with a wide
3: variety of directors
1: <laughs> there's so many matrix cosplayers yeah. that oh were just so god. sad
3: oh my god <laughs> richard attenborough Francis Ford Coppola, I can't go on with that anymore. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Terrence Malick, David Cronenberg, Mike Nichols, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, and Oliver Stone, just to name a few. She received a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1989. In television, he won a Golden Globe and Screen Actor Guild Award for... West Wing, he also won an Emmy for a uh, guest star. He had like one episode on Murphy Brown and won an Emmy. So that's a wow. big dick energy moment. Dude,
0: to like come in for one episode and win like, an Emmy. Poof, you're like, this isn't yeah. my show. I'm just coming to grace you with my presence. You just,
1: like, Everybody watch out. The seedsters on the seedsters. <laughs> oh my God
0: i'm about to steal the sheen
3: (laughs) you say the
1: sheen's about to hit the fan in
3: 2012 he portrayed uncle ben in the amazing spider-man directed by mark webb
2: oh yeah
0: my brain goes to rice yeah oh yeah the racist (laughs) rice guy (laughs) so like uncle ben Oh, no.
3: Wait, okay. Never mind. In Spider Man. Spider Man. Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Definitely. (laughs) Sheen dabbled in directing a little bit. He directed Cadence in 1990, in which he appears alongside sons Charlie and Ramon. He has narrated, produced, and directed documentary television, earning two Daytime Emmy Awards in the 80s. He's been, if you couldn't guess by my earlier story, active in liberal politics heavily. In fact, uh, he's been arrested 66 times and stood up for peace against nuclear power, nuclear weapons testing, dangerous arms building, abuse of fire or abuse of firearms. Also that, but abuse (laughs) of farm workers, Canadian seal clubbing. There's a list. It keeps going. He's really into... Like standing up for causes, which yeah, is pretty he, fucking sad. I didn't also didn't realize he was so politically active. Sixty six times—that's a rich man's rap sheet. I was about to say a lot of us can't afford
0: to 66. be arrested that many times. Mm-hmm. Also, too, when you're famous and you get arrested, it's not likely that you're going to do the jail time of some idiot that just has been arrested. Like, dude, you've been arrested twenty fucking times. We're keeping your ass in jail. Absolutely, that's not. You cannot contain Jane Fonda's been arrested a bunch of times <laughs> oh
3: <laughs> so now we're gonna get into his family because he has quite a few famous members in his family we've got four kids i don't know if everybody realizes how many children he fucking has good catholic man <laughs> <laughs> emilio is the oldest maybe the shortest but definitely the oldest mm-hmm. so
0: we thought that he was like charlie sheen was the oldest but he is not. That's because Charlie Sheets lived a hard fucking yeah. life. He looks like the oldest. <laughs> it's, all,
1: it's all the tiger blood. It just it just really amps up the years.
3: So we got Emilio, Carlos, Ramon, and Renee. You might know Carlos as Charlie. We're going to get into that in a little bit, though. So uh, Emilio obviously kept his birth name throughout his career. Charlie didn't. He wanted to sound more white. He thought it would work out better for him. I enjoy so Emilio has talked about this a few times. Mm-hmm. He didn't ever really want to shame his brother or his father, but he did want to set himself apart from the Sheen name. Mm-hmm. So he kept his birth name so he wouldn't be associated with the Sheens, mm-hmm. which I think is fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've heard Charlie talking about how he wanted to carry on the the Hollywood family name. Yeah, and keep that going. But he was like, "I'm not sure why Emilio really. Did. I think he did, you know, blah blah blah." But right. You know. Also, it's it great. just
1: sounds a lot cooler to say Emilio Estevez instead of Emilio Sheen. He, he totally also
3: does. liked the alliteration, the double E's. That was yeah. another reason for him to
0: keep that name. E. Also, yeah. the like Estevez, right? It just yeah. you have to be breathy when you say yeah.
1: it. But <sighs>
3: Emilio Sheen. I don't know, and then he probably wouldn't have kept Emilio like Charlie oh. didn't keep Carlos. See, he probably
0: then... wanted to change Emilio after Will Ferrell ruined it for everybody. Emilio, and I was like, <laughs> Emilio, Emilio! Well, What
1: would he would pick? Like, like Jimmy Sheen, Eddie, 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 Eddie Sheen. Sheen, Eddie Sheen,
0: okay. right? Like Charlie, Carlos, Charlie, okay, so you're Emilio, Dave. Eddie, Dave uh, Sheen, and... nah. Paul, yeah. Paul oh, Sheen.
1: He could have had fun with it, Eugene
3: Sheen. you're right (laughs) i like that (laughs) much like last episode gene (gasps) Sheen. yeah there you go this fool's a pisces just like me yeah just like freddie prince jr pisces babies What? he was born on march 12 1962 in new york went through elementary school in the public school system, and then his dad started making money. And, and then, then they, they like, moved to oh. LA, they moved to California,
0: and then he went to Santa Monica High School. When I think I remember, yeah, and hearing in t- tales of Southern California, you know, you hear things. <laughs> I'm from Southern California. I was like, I will know. So, yeah. welcome, welcome. <laughs>
3: when Estevez was 11, his father bought the family a movie camera. And he appeared in a low-budget film called, a short called Meet Mr. Bomb, an anti-nuclear power film produced at his high school. Estevez was 14 when he accompanied his father to the Philippines, where his dad was shooting Apocalypse Now.
0: So he was there. He was there.
3: He was actually an extra in the movie, but his scenes got cut oh. when they returned to L.A., Estevez co-wrote and starred in a high school play about Vietnam veterans called Echoes of an Era and invited his parents to come watch it. Sheen recalls being astonished by his son's performance and, quote, began to realize, my God, he's one of us. End quote. (laughs) He's got my blood. After graduating from Santa Monica High School in 1980, he refused to go to college entirely and insisted on going into acting, unlike his brother Charlie... He really kicked off his career as a member of the Brat Pack. The -hmm. Brat Pack, you say? If you are not an 80s baby or had TBS when you were a child, you might not know. Rob Lowe. I was going to start off with Rob Lowe. We've got Rob Lowe and Emilio... Really being the heart and soul of the Brat Pack. established heart
0: and soul of my teen bedroom years, dude. <laughs> Are you
3: kidding me? Oh <laughs> we watched them last year in The Outsiders. That's the first movie that really kicked off this whole nonsense. After that, then he made a short break, was in the movie Repo Man, and then went back and did The Breakfast Club, continuing on. Okay. Yeah. He had like... A two second thing. He was like a punk rocker in Repo Man. Do you remember that?
0: What was the last time vaguely. Yeah. I was like, it's so. I need to rewatch that.
1: I feel like the scene of Jim Carrey just like singing with Cannibal Corpse replaced that for me in my oh head. My God.
3: <laughs> he also had a brief little moment uh, in Saint Elmo's Fire, following the success of all the Brat Pack films he starred in. That was then. This is now, which he co-wrote. The horror film Maximum Overdrive, which I've been telling you all the fuck about. We're totally surprised. I'm gonna let something out of the bad what in the pipeline with in the next couple years. We're doing a Halloween season on Stephen King. Nice. We will be watching Maximum Overdrive. You've seen that. Oh yeah. 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 Fever dream of a a film. It's the
0: most (laughs) incredible thing. Most Stephen King things are fever dreams of films. But that one takes it to the maximum. It's
3: it's, (laughs) It is maximum, Mac, It's to overdrive. Max. Okay, um, I mean it's Emilio against semi trucks. That's that's what I this mean, movie you, had me, you possessed semi trucks. That's you how we pitched it too. <laughs> <laughs> you had me at Emilio versus semi trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Emilio was nominated for Golden Raspberry for Maximum Overdrive. I think that's a little harsh, but that's the curse of the horror movie. He did the crime drama Wisdom with fellow Brat Packer Demi Moore. He was originally cast in Platoon as Private Chris Taylor, but was forced to drop out after the production was delayed for two years. Jeez. The role eventually went to his younger brother, Charlie. That'd be
0: kind of annoying. <laughs> I know. A fuck fucky moment. Whatever. <laughs> okay, we can't. You can't get you I want already know what holidays brother. at
3: their house are like. I wanna... Not that bullshit we saw last year with Kathy Griffith. That was okay. made. That like... was made for TikTok. That wasn't real. I want to know what their real holiday dinners <laughs> are like. I want to
1: see if there's like a support group for just like celebrity si- like celebrity siblings and just seeing him talk with one of the Baldwins and be like, you want to talk about a hand me down. <laughs>
3: isn't there isn't there a movie that does a support group for celebrity siblings and there's a Baldwin Ar- in that there? And an art cat and I swear to God, it might be like an Adam Sandler movie. That would be fucking funny. Oh my I think it's like anger management or something. I don't know. It I would remember make sense because he yeah.
0: probably got Alexis Arquette. Yeah. Anyway, anyway,
3: <laughs> Amelia went on to do the action comedy Stakeout, the Westerns Young
0: Guns and Young
3: Guns 2. Hell yes. He wrote and directed and starred his brother in a comedy called Garbage Men. Both of them were in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were garbage men a- in a movie called Men at Work. And I guess people. The movie was called Garbage Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> they were. Really More people trying. might have seen it. It was, called, it was called Garbage, Garbage Men. Men at work makes me think of Emilio Estevez, Man Charlie Sheen in
0: Garbage Men.
3: <laughs> I guess that. People come up to him about it, though, because he's said in interviews, quote, people come up to me on the street and they say Men at Work is the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. Maybe but we should have watched that. I've never seen that movie it's, ever. It's
1: definitely got more, like, appreciation over the past few years. Okay. Uh so yeah. it's
0: picked up recently. Yeah, it's-, it's I'll track yeah. it down. Yeah. Writing but that now shit Now, just, down. like,
1: imagining, though, like, how you just, like, marketed that. Like, how the- do you, of Estevez, Charlie Sheen, this summer when the trash
2: needs to be taken out, <laughs> they're the men they are going to call. They're the garbage men.
0: <laughs> see, I would have gone to see that, not men at work. Well, you know what? They should make men at work, men at work too, garbage men. Because right now, have you heard what's going on in Paris? Oh, yeah. With the, like... I know. Yeah, Yeah. there's garbage piled in Paris, mile high. You know who should fix that problem? Charlie Sheen. Emilio (laughs) Estevez in Men at Work, Paris Garbage Men.
3: (laughs) Prepare to get recycled this summer.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That would be a great twist on it. You thought they were just garbage men, but this time they really care about the environment.
1: No, Emilio, that's glass. You can't mix that with metals. Just all grizzled. Oh, my God. From the wars of garbage. Uh,
3: We're now in the early 90s in Emilio's life, and he has now escaped his pack fandom, and moved on to the Mighty Ducks, moved on to a different fandom. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> one of Disney's most successful live action franchises of the entire decade. Oh, yeah. Made many sequels and are still, there's another sequel. Yeah. It's on, a Disney Plus sequel. He is still Mighty Ducksing to this day. Oh, he's going to be in it? It's already out, man. Okay. It happened like yeah. a year Good. or two yeah. ago. <laughs> it's old. I missed that one somehow. It happened. It's part it of was... the Duck Universe. The... Yeah, man. <laughs> duck U. Yeah, duck University.
1: The, the, the Duckverse.
3: Um, He went on the next year, did the spoof comedy Loaded Weapon 1 with his brother, Charlie. Charlie, this is now when we get to Charlie. Charlie's life's real complicated, so I'm just going (laughs) to say it now. He's also pretty normal so far. Kind Mm -hmm. of like thing. He went from serious acting to like hot shots and Mm -hmm. Loaded Weapon and the scary movie movies Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. And he lost a lot of. Two and a half, man. Legitimate credibility. But we'll get there. Yeah, we're talking about Emilio right now. Give that boy his credit. Towards the end of the 90s, Emilio's acting jobs kind of slowed down, and he really wanted to focus on directing more. He directed Wisdom in 1986, and then he's directed a number of TV episodes, Cold Case, Close to Me, CIS, New York, Numbers, The Guardian... He directed the movie Bobby in 2006. He directed
0: one of my dreams where him and I got it on. (laughs) We're going to send that
3: clip to him. (laughs) See how he feels about that. Um, Add it to the pile. (laughs) Hey, man.
0: (laughs) I think I got a good chance. (laughs) Emilio, give me a chance.
3: That fucker's looking grizzled as shit these days. Have you seen him? Yeah,
0: another reason why I feel like my chances would probably be pretty good.
3: (laughs) In 2010, he filmed a new project, The Way, in Spain, where he directed his father in a story about a man who decides to make the Caimano de Santiago. I don't know what that is. After the death of his son in the French Pyrenees. It was released in the United States in 2011. In 2018, he released another feature. All of these directing. hes That's what he's doing now.
0: Did he direct the Mighty Ducks movie? I don't know. I don't think so. No, he didn't. Hmm. No. I feel like that would have been the best thing for him to do. If he's directing now and they were going to be like, nope, you know who's going to fucking direct the shit out of that? Emilio. (laughs) No, no, no. no. (laughs) Emilio. Okay. They
1: they, they would have (laughs) definitely had to pay a lot for that one and they can afford that bill. Dude. Thank you.
3: Dude, uh, 2018. <laughs> we were talking about Baldwin's a second ago. He directed a Baldwin in 2018. Which Baldwin? No. Alec. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> which Christian which Slater. Which Baldwin? <laughs> Alec Baldwin, Christian Slater, Jenna Malone in the movie The Public in 2018. He's done a lot. He. Kind of gave up on acting, but his he's been pretty prolific as a director. So good on you, good. Emilio. Good for him. Hmm. His dating life has not been so great. Tell me about it. I was telling it. you. Tell before it. we got on air, I was like, "Poor dude. Emilio uh, with all that money."
0: I you, <laughs> <laughs> the sad part too is like you a, dated gorgeous women. Oh, oh, oh dude! Oh. Uh, out a of everybody, should... you got it the worst. <laughs> <laughs> a smile shouldn't have creeped on my face the way that it did. You were like his dating life was like I was like, tell me more. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he did Mimi Rogers, had two children with model Carrie Saley. Um while he was having children with this model, he was also having a very public engagement with Demi Moore and lied about the babies for a while until Saley like was like, No motherfucker whoop there these, it is these are your children so she slapped down a two million dollar paternity lawsuit on his ass they was like hey to me you remember that one time <laughs> those are totally my like, babies I got, to do so many mighty duck movies to
1: pay Not for gonna this lie,
3: that dries me up a little bit so it, yeah his kids were born in 84 and 86 and he didn't Admit they were his until eighty-seven. So one of his children was like three years old before he was like, "Yeah, that's my baby, amelio I know Amelia. Went from
1: Amelia, oh, to Amelia, oh,
3: Amelia, oh, no. Emilio, no. Oh. He married Paula Abdul in nineteen ninety-two. What? And then it divorced in nineteen ninety-four.
1: What? Go, so going back to he had a trouble dating life, you know, just poor soul dating to me more and Paul Abdul and having all the money, doing all the money ducks. Uh, oh, my
0: what God. What a tortured knocking soul. up a model. Poor oh, Emilio. He dated God. that cheerleader dancer from the Lakers. Oh, man. Ugh. <laughs>
1: I do know. not want to be that guy.
0: You know what it was? I do not want to be him. He got jealous of MC Scat Cat. <laughs> 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 that cat had the moves. He was like, this is
3: going to work. Fuck off! That's so goddamn yeah, <laughs> funny. We need. A, that was a lot. That was a lot of Emilio. He, it was. Do you know who else is a lot? Charlie.
2: Yeah.
3: It's, and he's always been a lot. Oh my god. He was. has bro- got mad middle child syndrome. One hundred percent. He's the pioneer of the she. Oh, okay. uh, born Carlos Irwin Estvez on September third, nineteen sixty-five, in New York. He made his first movie appearance at the age of nine in his dad's film in 1974, The Execution of Private Slavic. Sheen attended Santa Monica High School in Santa Monica, California with Robert Downey Jr. and a bunch of other fucking famous people. He was the star pitcher of his high school baseball team. Asshole. I just like thing. Uh, He also was really into acting. Duh. We wouldn't be here yeah. if he wouldn't.
1: Oh, he's very well known for his baseball career.
3: <laughs> that. Oh my God. It explains hot shots. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. And Major League. Major League. Yeah. Oh, yeah. in Major League. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's true. That is true. That, that is He was true. in Major League.
1: I just put those two movies together at this point, and I don't know why I do. No, I get you.
0: You know what we need to do? A fucking baseball bonus episode. Bold with hot, she- hot Shots and Major League.
3: Baseball movies, there's a lot. I went well. If we did a baseball movie, we couldn't do it without doing a League of Their Own. Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely, I have to be Bull Durham in a League of Their Own, Angels in the Outfield. Oh,
0: that's a good one, Angels in the Outfield. Technically, The Sandlot, technically, The Sandlot.
3: Always the Sand. Hey, sidebar, the entire cast of The Sandlot is going to be here in Colorado watching the movie. I think in like June, really, yeah, we should go. Yeah, yeah, cool. I want to see them.
0: Hey, we just so happen to bring our microphones and our podcasting <laughs> equipment. Would you mind? Uh, <laughs> but you don't carry microphones and podcasting equipment with you all the time? You never know when you're going to see the entire cast of the same lot. Together. So I, always,
3: <laughs> I mentioned earlier that Martin bought that home camera and Emilio was into it. Mm, so was Charlie. They both they,
0: they, they,
3: they did a lot of home movies.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> see, when you say uh, Emilio did uh, home movies, you're like, okay. When you're like Charlie Sheen made
3: a lot of home movies, you're like, Kevin yeah. Amelia was overseeing. He was the older brother. He was making sure this nonsense wasn't getting crazy. You know what I mean. But they also went to school with Rob Lowe and Sean Penn, and they would come over to their house and they would make movies together at their house.
0: Oh my god! Isn't that fucking insane? Uh, to be a neighbor girl at fucking <laughs> next I door. What Sean Penn like,
3: was like as a teenager, probably still a <laughs> twat.
0: Terrible. <laughs> probably still a twat. Have you or guys heard worse. the shins. <laughs> <laughs> You guys think your dad's a a pioneer for public justice? Just wait until I get older.
3: All right, so here's where things start adding up in Charlie Sheen's life. Weeks before graduation he was expelled from school.
0: What? What a fucking idiot. Due to poor grades and attendance. See, but he still had Latin heritage. That boy's ass got beat that time. (laughs) He's like, you're still living in my house. Uh, yeah, right? You got beat by the chocolate sheen. Dude, really weeks before, weeks before you couldn't just fucking stick it out. That shit drives me crazy. You couldn't just stick it out. He yeah. also You wasn't... could be a shithead <laughs> in three weeks' time. Just wait it out. He basically got expelled from school, decided
3: he was gonna be an actor, <laughs> and was like, you know what? Carlos, Carlos, Charlie, Charles charlie charlie is the american version of carlos It's not that much of a stretch i'll take the i am sheen now name. charlie sheen that was it that's as go. far as that that's went so charlie
0: sheen was born out of getting expelled from school correct that makes a hundred that's why i said sense.
3: with the things are now starting to add up i wonder it,
0: if
1: i changed my name to marcus sheen and just be like yeah you're Dad never told you guys about me?
3: I'm your long
0: lost stepbrother. I'm your long lost Latino brother.
1: <laughs> Checks out. You know, dad, that,
2: that goober. Oh my gosh. Can
0: you, do you, rem, do you <laughs> remember when he Isn't was in Apocalypse goober? Now? That she was crazy. Oh, dad. <laughs> I do, was there. Oh, Martin. I can't believe you guys don't remember me. If I wasn't your sibling, would I know that dad's name is Ramon? Would I know that? Just like our brother. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You're
1: welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go to my room now. <laughs>
0: just a little that has been wedding. renovated to the it's just, bathroom. It's just a little like kids' hut out in the backyard, like <laughs> this little playhouses. I'm yeah. <laughs> gonna go to my room. I love you, family. <laughs>
3: in '84, he kicked things off pretty hard with landing a role in the Cold War drama Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, Leah Thompson, Jennifer Grey.
0: I remember that movie.
3: Yeah. Sheen and Gray reunited to make out fiercely in Ferris Bueller's Day Off in 1986.
0: You know what I remember the most about Red Dawn? It's not the line that they say of like their whole little thing, it's just behind bars going,
2: Avenge me! <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh my God, that's, that's so funny. He also appeared in an episode of the anthology series Amazing Stories. Sheen had his first major, major role. In Platoon, which we talked about earlier. In eighty seven, he starred in Wall Street with his father. And I know people are gonna ask me, Aaron, you pick the three musketeers, not fucking Wall Street, and I'm gonna be like, Yeah, bitch. I, I asked did. you that question
0: before we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> also, Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. He was Avenger me. Also Harry he Dean was in, Stanton uh, oh. Escape from New York. That's what I was about
3: to say. We love him in Escape from New York. He's oh. the professor. Uh, so yeah, both Platoon and Wall Street were directed by Oliver Stone. So just like, no big deal from Charlie. <laughs> just working with really famous people. In 88, Stone asked Sheen to star in a new movie called Born on the 4th of July, but later cast Tom Cruise. That was a big early move for Tom Cruise.
0: <laughs> hey, do you want to do this movie? Psych! I want to take another one of your Brat That's, Pack boys. Honestly, Hollywood's really good at that. <laughs> psyching people out. Yeah, I just talked to Conan O'Brien. Ooh, Stone uh, you're cruising for a bruising. Actually,
3: fun story, she never found out by from Stone, he only found out when he heard the news from his brother Emilio. Sheen did not take any more lead roles that Stone offered him cuz he offered him a few more after that.
0: <laughs> like, "Hey buddy, I got these other ones for you." And he was like, "I'm trying to sheen, I hold grudges."
3: I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. In 1990, he starred alongside his father in Cadence, which we mentioned earlier, as a rebellious inmate in a military stockade. Uh, Clint Eastwood was another co-star. They starred together in the buddy cop film The Rookie.
0: What? (laughs) Yeah. So strange. Clint Eastwood and Charlie Sheen is having great chemistry, other than both being kind of gruff.
3: Charlie Sheen wasn't that gruff in 1990. He hadn't lived...
0: He was softened up a little, I he, guess. He
3: hadn't had nearly as many prostitutes. Yeah. We're going to get there.
0: He hadn't survived nearly as many venereal diseases. <laughs> For by sure. Then. In 92,
3: he was featured in Beyond the Law with Linda Fortunino and Michael Madsen. In 94, Sheen was given a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I think a little prematurely. In 97, Sheen wrote his first movie, Discovery Mars, direct-to-video. As well as a direct-to-video documentary revolving around the question, Is There Life on Mars? The next year, Sheen wrote, produced, and starred in the action movie, No Code of Contact. Major League was after that. Money Talks. Then we've got Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part 2. He did a pilot for A&E called Sugar Hill, which wasn't picked up. (laughs) Okay. In 99, he played himself in Being John Malkovich. He also appeared in the third, fourth, and fifth entries of the Scary Movie movies. Mm-hmm. His biggest credit to me, besides his like early stuff in the eighties when he really had kind of a revamping of his career, was in two thousands when he starred in the sitcom Two and a Half Men. It was promptly fired from that show for having very public substance abuse issues and leaked inappropriate comments about the showrunner.
0: Also, that show was terrible.
3: I never watched it. It never seemed very good. <laughs> it, it, it,
0: <laughs> I, I,
1: I had to watch all that unfold. Like, I wasn't even a fan of the show either, but just, like, seeing him bicker with the show creator and going back and forth, like... Racist
3: slurs, all sorts of shit. It, he got it real nasty. Like,
1: it, it also kind of ended on this weird, like, passive-aggressive of what you would do when you... Try to mutually end a relationship, like when you break up with somebody, it does what it felt like because when he brought up because I saw that episode, right? Where they I guess, get rid of his character, where he gets like revenge. and uh, where the show creator gets revenge. it's 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 so weird because it just has uh, what is supposed to be Sheen's silhouette of a character be crushed by like a safe or something. <laughs> His uh,
0: tail is a little you can always tell a grudge like i showed yeah. you one of my favorite mm. tv write offs where a guy got crushed by a slab of marble but before uh. that it was a distant like they just were like let's get some tall skinny black guy give him a really bad wig and then have him jump around looking like <laughs> the guy, and then crush him with a slab of marble because that guy went on to do Game of Thrones, so that's why he wasn't on that show anymore. <laughs> it's good it, to see you uh, not bitter about was
1: it too, because then like it had like the show creator came on that episode too after they like crushed Sheen's character, and then the show creator got crushed by his safe. What? It was, it's a it's a weird episode. That it's makes only, no sense. It is the only two and a half men episode I ever saw. He's like,
0: I'm going to crush Charlie Sheen, and I feel bad about it, so I'm going to crush myself? <laughs> yeah. I I mean, you made me do this. Also, him being in the scary movies, he was wearing like a father, like a get-up, like a... How did it not burn off of his body? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was in the third one, right? Yeah, he was well, there was a the one hood.
3: And then there was the one where they were mocking signs and then he mm-hmm. was like mel gibson yeah mm-hmm. that, that, that was three was that, that three was two that was three three. yeah he was really broke he needed to pay for hookers um he was
0: actually pretty funny that one oddly enough like i know those were i don't pretty know pretty if you know this but cocaine's expensive <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> real pocket pricey i know cocaine and paying was for n- cocaine for yourself with a habit and, and hookers, the hookers. That gets, that gets so to be.
3: speaking of hookers shortly after being fired <laughs> that's when he does this infamous interview where he says he's a warlock he's drinking tiger's blood mm-hmm. he has the blood of adonis inside of him he's always winning he whose made, blood did you drink <laughs> <right>? tiger's, <laughs> blood. tiger's blood but Gosh. he also has the blood of adonis
0: who
1: is also the name of the tiger yeah <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> that's
3: great.
0: Jonas is my pet tiger. Oh my
3: that's God. that's the piece we were all missing yeah. for these years and years. It was the, the tiger scene. Well,
1: you know, you grew up in Colorado,
0: you talk to a few meth head crack addicts here oh in the and there you just you kind two, of put two one yeah, and t- you, you just, put one and five together and they obviously go together. That's
3: that's pretty common. Uh, Numbers just
0: mean. add up when you're on meth. Yeah. He made a
3: viral <laughs> YouTube song. The viral YouTube song made from the video is still available online they've never taken it down you can find really? it oh. the winning winning you know what i'm I doing am always winning yeah he also posted his own youtube video where he was smoking cigarettes out of his nose good and for him. cursing out former employers good
0: for him that's a man on he, all he dis- and then he like, did a
3: bunch of other interviews. He told one interview, "I'm tired of pretending I'm not special. I'm tired of pretending I'm not a total Bitchin' rock star from Mars." That is the that uh, is middle child syndrome to a fucking T. And a middle child syndrome a mixed with a midlife crisis, yes, and a drug problem, yes. And Adonis's blood, <laughs> we saw that. And all your unfold.
0: and your pet tiger's blood that
3: you've been drinking. Uh, he was accused of being an anti-Semite in 2011.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to make it all the way through that sentence.
3: <laughs> Even though he claimed his mother was Jewish and people looked into it. He isn't, he's not Jewish. Remember that one time he's like Spanish. It's like,
0: no, that one time when his dad, his father was like, I'm Catholic. We're very Catholic. Yeah, my mom's I- Jewish. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> the only time he ever so he has gone by carlos one time in 2019 he was in machete kills in which he played the president of the united states oh, yeah. and he was credited under the name carlos estevez and because this was the first time he was credited is that he was able to use the introducing title
0: card huh In that movie as introducing Car... Bitch! Trying to shed the bad shitty name that was Charlie Sheen. And people were like, Carlos Estevez? That sounds new. Oh my God! (laughs) He was just
1: at lunch at the Billy one day. He's like, you know what? You got a point about keeping the family name.
0: (laughs) Fucking 40 years later. You know, I think I'm going to take a stab at this (laughs) acting (laughs) thing. (laughs) I think I'm going to go... I think (laughs) you're onto something, bro. I think I'm going to try out acting and go by Carlos Estevez. (laughs) Okay, so now we've got to do over (laughs) ignore everything I did before now
3: I am about to touch on Things that I never thought I would read and we thought the tiger blood was something Uh in 1990. He accidentally shot his then fiance Kelly Preston He I a I Mm -hmm. totally forgotten. He was with Kelly Preston. Kelly Preston went on to marry John Travolta Yeah, that's his late wife is Kelly Preston, right?
0: So he tried to murder her.
3: He tried to murder her. Uh, She obviously broke off that engagement. Yeah, if she didn't, everyone He gave it a shot. (laughs) Later (laughs) on in the 90s. (laughs) Jesus fuck, dude. Oh my God. I'm so sorry, Kelly Preston.
0: He took took a stab at it. Yeah,
2: he did. He did.
3: He has dated a number of adult film actresses, including Ginger Lynn, And Heather Hunter, on September 3rd, 1995, he married his first wife, Donna Peel, that same year, Sheen was outed for his prostitute problem, and he used, I remember this, I don't know if you guys remember this, when he was outed as one of Heidi Fleiss's clients, and he used it, Heidi Fleiss, the Hollywood madam, Mm -hmm. he used, she basically ran an escort service, and he would buy girls from her. And go to her palace. She had like a house. Hmm. A it's palace crazy. is what it sounds Dude, like. Dude, there are documentaries on Heidi Flay, so you should look into it. Okay. Sheen and Peel divorced in 96. We're going to run through some chicks here. <laughs> okay. Shortly after that, he met Denise Richards. Yes. Who oh, just yeah. saw in yeah. Drop Dead Gorgeous. This was post-Dennis Rodman. I think so, yeah. Yeah. They met on the set of Good Advice in 2000. They began a t- dating in October of 2001. Then they became engaged in December that year. So real fast. Married in June of the next year in 2002. Because they met and started dating while she was on Spin City, they got married at Spin City creator David Goldberg's house. Okay. That's cheap. (laughs) Sure. They were like, we're going to marry your backyard, dude. I'm sure his backyard was like dope. That sounds like something you would do
1: high on coke. Like yeah we're gonna get married but like I don't know we're gonna get married but dude can we use your backyard? I like your backyard. You have a nice backyard. It's a great backyard.
0: But it's not like a shitty backyard that most coke heads would be like hey can I use your backyard? If this is like a showrunner's house. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, it just seems like that type of impulsive decision be like what if we used your backyard? You have that mezzanine in the back? You barely use that thing. Can we uh, get married on. over by come that? Come
1: on. Like you know my brother. You know my. the you know the S of S's. Come
3: <laughs> on. Come
1: on,
3: <laughs> He had two daughters with Denise, born in o four and o five and in March of o five, Richards filed for divorce, accusing Sheen of alcohol and drug abuse, threats of violence. This is well documented. He abused the shit out of her, like I'm not even gonna say it was it's all allegedly, but she's got voicemails, she's got text yeah. messages. Denise Richards has been extremely vocal at how much of an abuser Charlie Sheen was to her, yeah. So, I'm just not even gonna pretend. She also, and I missed this one, she accused him of looking at gay pornography featuring underage boys and being attracted to underage girls. I missed that one.
1: I remember, I remember actually reading about that one and, and, and yeah, and I heard them talk about it, but like, I don't know if it's that he has a really great PR team and it's true and they buried it or it just was never found to be true. It's also something that I never wanted to follow up to see, I find out if it yeah. was true. Well, <laughs> let's just
3: stop and take, take a, a pause here. He started really getting kind of popular and famous at an early age like right. at a teen age mm-hmm. and the more that we find out about pedophiles and sexual predators that's when they really like stops yeah they really connect with when their life was yeah. either the best or even the worst mm-hmm. and that's why they're attracted because they still it internally broken. yeah for sure that's just like a theory
0: <coughs> SVU yeah.
3: <laughs> Sheen later would deny the claims, obviously. And the FBI said it was aware of the allegation and searched computers and found nothing. So, I don't know. In May 30th of 08, he married his third wife, Brooke Mueller. And they had twin sons. Now, I remember Jeez. this. Because during the fallout of two and a half men and the winning and the tiger's blood and the cocaine, the kids got brought into it. I remember that oh, yeah. he had... Little babies, and she got full custody. Mm -hmm. I do remember that. That was real public.
0: If you have a real public meltdown, it's pretty easy to take your kids away.
3: In 2010, she filed for divorce. On March 1st, 2011, the police removed the couple's sons from the home. Sheen told today, "Quote: I stayed very calm and focused." According to People,
0: Mm. what's common focus? What's Sheen? What's Charlie focused? On on fighting the
1: cops, is that yeah?
0: Right, fuck the police. I stayed as calm as Charlie Sheen could stay. I I only stabbed (laughs) eighteen cops. I rode my tiger in the living room. I honed the blood of Adonis. You know what? We also probably. Adonis, yes, is the tiger, but we also don't know if this tiger is alive. Like, maybe it's a stuffed tiger. Where are the statements from the tiger? (laughs) That's what we need. It's probably the abuse statements from the tiger. Oh, my God. It's probably a stuffed tiger stuffed with cocaine. Who knows? Like, named Adonis. That checks out. There's always money in the banana stand. There's always cocaine in Adonis. The tiger in the living room.
1: they, They make pretty cool sayings about a tiger and its stripes, but I would say Charlie in this case, Mr. Sheen, is the one who... Doesn't live up to his stripes. Oh, my
0: God. That's... Go into my study. Pull out the tongue. It's actually a mirror, and you can do all the lines of cocaine you want. I can want.
1: still remember the moments when he would forcibly put a red handkerchief around my neck and tell me to say it's great.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he would not feed me.
0: And if he would... It would only be
1: Frosted Flakes.
0: Tony is my Christian name, but Adonis was my Charlie jean given name. (laughs) So
3: back to Charlie Jean getting his kids taken away. (laughs) 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 He said said social services uh, only took the children because his ex-wife had obtained a restraining order against him, which that's not how that works, Charlie in a document only reason charlie (laughs) are you sure (laughs) a document said quote i am very concerned that charlie sheen is insane end (laughs) quote and asked if he would fight for the children sheen texted the mag texted the magazine people texted them quote born ready period winning period end quote
1: does he just have like literally people in his contacts? That's like, exactly just, what I was just thinking people, about. Like, right in his magazine. cell phone, it's like
0: TMZ, <laughs> Tanya Harding, <Like> Paris, Penelope, <laughs> people, Paris <Right. laughs> <Terrace> Hilton, people, <laughs> People Magazine.
3: Oh my God. <laughs> in more recent years, scandal has continued when his eldest daughter. One of the kids from Denise Richards started an Oli fans account in 2021. Oh yeah, I
1: remember hearing about that too.
3: And he was a little this. annoyed about it, and then was like, "No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really okay with this."
1: He's, he's like, "Look, it's time I be real and you know, hold myself accountable. Like, I am the last person in the world to tell her she can't do that. I'm just saying. Like, I, is true. that where I, I? feel like that's the stance he has to have for
0: that, right? Like, I can't judge anybody. I'm Charlie. Also, Sheen. she's a
3: grown ass woman at this point. Yeah, yeah." You paying your bills, girl. Get it. Yeah. Ugh. And she's got a Sheen name. I don't think she's Richards. I think she's Sheen.
0: Is she really? I think so. Unless uh,
3: Denise forced him to change it. I would zig
1: my heels in the fact of when anybody gives any any Sex profession worker of any degree. Shit. Uh, the fact that most things that we live on now, the land we live on now, the society we live in, uh, it was actually founded by sex workers. Like, Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Like, like here in Colorado, fun fact, not even related to this, but fun fact here in Colorado, uh, one of, uh, I think it was one of the madams that ran the brothel way back when in the Wild West here. Um, actually, she was one of the very first people to actually uh, come up with college tuitions.
0: Cool. it's, yeah. it's That is not the first time i vaginas heard. Yeah. so in yeah. <laughs> seattle they had a series they called them seamstresses but they were brothels all of the loggers and miners would go there and the seamstresses funded the public schools system yeah within the seattle area
1: yeah like it, so towns only thrived because of their brothels
0: say what you will but it's the oldest profession and it's definitely funded the schools and saved the children so uh
3: Speaking of the children, I don't think Charlie should shame his child because also, he his is child fucked half so many, many oh, yeah. sex workers. Oh, he had absolutely. Sex workers in his life. So now many His sex child workers. wants to be a sex worker. You showed her that, that it was okay. You so, normalized like, it.
0: You normalized it. This makes sense. Also, like... his child, their child, half Charlie Sheen and half Denise Richards. Insanity <laughs> like, abounds. She's like, I'm hot. I know what I've got. Like, I need dude, to do, do you, do do you do remember do you? Undercover, brother? Yes, That's all
1: I, I gotta do. say. It's funny. Like, dude, you did blow off like a porn star's belly button. Like, did you You got nowhere to, you know, stake a claim here.
0: <laughs> he also tried to murder...
1: Yeah, like, <laughs>
0: There's one he, too. This is bro. Like, I, that just slipped by and he continued to be... Like, how did he... He tried to murder someone and then people were like, he seems okay. Let's just <laughs> let him keep shenaniganing, ing That's good That's a good one. That's a good one. Just obscene. Ridiculous. Don't
1: you mean obscene?
3: (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) My question is, what happened between Charlie and Emilio besides Ramon? Middle child syndrome. The child between Emilio and Charlie. Middle child syndrome or a good PR team? I just, I feel like... Emilio's years in New York in the public school system gave him a good grounded base. Yeah. Yeah. And Charlie has only ever lived in the insanity that is the Hollywood system. Agreed. Uh, unless I'm... When Sean Penn and Robert Downey Jr. are coming over to your house. Come on, bro. Those two are hoodlums yeah.
1: too. Come on. And they all have well, drug and problems. And like, I'd also think of it that like... drug problems. I, I would probably make the, the claim that's also just like the difference in treatment he got from his dad as compared
0: to how Emilio got treated. He like, did say like he was like I saw Emilio's play and he was great. He didn't say you he didn't hear any of those quotes about Charlie yeah. Sheen's performance. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <Yeah. laughs> and I
1: mean, and that and that's like that's it's a real so thing. Sad, like it's a real thing. You know, like it's I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of like influence on that where like Martin was more favorable of Emilio. Mm-hmm. Um, because Emilio could just stick to his guns and be like, no, I respect the Sheen name, but I'm going to be an Estevez, and I could kind of just see it of Martin being like, God, I love you.
0: Right? Like, you have the chutzpah to... You make me so proud. Right, you do that, and then he was like, no, I want to do Sheen, and he was like, Ugh. Well, yeah. Martin Sheen, in recent... Oh, we're original.
3: In real recent years, Martin Sheen has said that that's one of the biggest regrets of his career. Yeah. And one of the reasons we put them on the list to do this episode entirely mm-hmm. is because he regrets not being an Estevez. And he really, again, now it's putting only the pieces so much together. Though. He you doesn't could, like you could Charlie.
0: Do, <laughs> you could do Ramon Sheen. Doesn't have the best yeah. ring to it, but at the same time- He like, was also honoring those two individuals with his stage name. Correct. But like with Raquel Welch, for example, she kept. she had to fight to keep Raquel- but they needed the Welch to ground her so that people would accept her. If she was Raquel Tejada, like they would yeah. have been like,
1: the "Fuck." Well, and I mean, just kind of like to be careful with navigating like the speculation of it. Like, I'm not going to make the claim that they have like any type of like generational trauma in their family, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to say that isn't a thing. They probably do that. You know? a lot of yeah. Us. But I'm not. I'm not going to be the guy to like you no, know, make sure. the claim. You know, right. but like I, I wouldn't be surprised that that is kind of what happened on Emilio's end. Because you know when you when you grow up with siblings and depend if if you're aware of you're like the dynamic of your family, mm-hmm. like I, I'm willing to bet that maybe Emilio kind of saw the dynamics between his relationship with his father and his father's relationship with Charlie, and just kind of the the you know the legacy they were making in Hollywood, and you know, a, obviously, one for self identity to be able to identify himself, not being attached to a famous name, but. Mm-hmm. There could be more going on behind the scenes, behind those doors, of why he didn't want to take on that name.
0: That's true. And we also Those
1: are
3: big shoes to fill. I mean, his dad just did Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Which we're about to start talking about here in just a minute. That's a really fucking huge movie for him to literally
0: just a few years later start doing big movies of his own. Yeah. Well big well, that movie too, can you imagine having You have to to be an actor and separate, but you have to take that character home with you too. But I mostly think in terms of the generational trauma, as well as maybe a history of mental illness, it doesn't always hit every single child. It can sometimes just hit one, or maybe there's another one that they've been able to downplay because there's a whole mess of them sheen children.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's that's true too. Like it, there is a genetic thing about mental illnesses of where we'll skip a generation. Mm -hmm. um, And you know, maybe that's the case with Emilio. It's just Could that. have been
0: the right sequence of ingredients at the right time. You know, that happened with Martin Sheen's career at the right time. They were at that point where he wasn't in the public school system in New York City, which sounds terrifying. Um, and as in well as 70s. any. In yeah, in Yeah. The se- and then, you know, one of the big parts that we've been talking about is it's not just race. It's the time period of when these people are coming into their fame is important because certain actors and actresses are able to get away with a lot more now than they weren't able to do before
1: oh yeah the the, the bar has been dramatically lowered for what you could say I, ironically enough i, I talked to uh, my co-host you know uh cody Krampus cody uh, about it recently because it was more associated with just like the state of politics and that making the statement that like right now like like trump set that bar of like you kind of just like say some radical, do some radical shit, and you'll get support for it. You'll get attention regardless. Mm-hmm. And back then, you know, if you really think about it, not to the same degree as that, not to make too straight in comparison, but you kind of see that with Charlie. Like, he got a lot of attention. He got mm-hmm. a lot of publicity, you know, when he was having his public freakouts. You know, it was, for a hot moment there, it was, what is the craziest thing he's doing now? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what can we put out there to have everybody point fingers at and be like, I'm glad I'm not that guy?
0: Mm-hmm yeah and hollywood has a a history of instead of pulling them out of the limelight and allowing them to heal themselves unless that storyline fits with what they're trying to do mm. they also have a tendency to like shove them into the limelight when they're at their worst and be like well let's see what happens oh, that's yeah. gonna it, make a lot of money regardless it, bad good it's all publicity
1: hollywood's a business it's not mm-hmm. an art form anymore um, if you can get any creativity, any self-independent art there that gets any attention, it's huge. It's amazing, um, but it's it's a business. They're gonna go with what sells. They're gonna go with what will you know make people buy tickets. You know, it's it, it's just a sad state of things. And you know that's why I was gonna be a proponent of the indie scene.
0: <laughs> well, while we're talking about sad, detrimental shit, do you want to get into apocalypse now?
3: I'm going to be real fucking sad. I have so many sad things to say about this sad movie.
0: I mean, for real though. I mean, well, we're gonna, I'll, it. I'll try I'll my best it. to put a chiver spin on it. Okay? <laughs> During the Vietnam War, U.S. Army Special Forces Colonel Walter E. Kurtz has apparently gone insane and is waging a brutal guerrilla war against NVA and PLAF forces without permission from his commanders. At an outpost in Cambodia, he commands American and Montagnard troops who see him as a demigod. Burnt out, MACV slash... SOG operative Captain Benjamin L. Willard is summoned to I-Field Force headquarters in Nha Trang. He is ordered to terminate Kurtz's command with extreme prejudice. <laughs> is that giving you better, yes. happier, cheerier vibes? It, oh, it was yeah. helpful. Thank cool. you. I appreciate and bivalent, it. Ambivalent, Willard joins a U.S. Navy River Patrol boat, PBR.
3: <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> Friends of CCR. <laughs> I'm just thinking. <saying. laughs> I'm just Thinking about beer,
1: yeah, that, that's why you brought on the guest from the punk rock core pop show. Hey, PBR's mentioned <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was definitely the connective tissue that we were looking for. Commanded by Chief Petty Officer Phillips, with crewman Lance Chef and Mr. Clean, to quietly navigate up the Nung River to Kurtz's outpost before reaching the coastal mouth of the Nung. Quietly,
3: there's nothing <laughs> they were anything quiet, quiet about quiet. this
0: movie. Before reaching the coastal mouth of Nung, they rendezvous with the 1st Squadron, 9th Cavalry Regiment, a helicopter borne air assault unit commanded by Lieutenant Colonel Bill Kilgore to discuss safe passage, but mostly surfing. Kilgore is initially uncooperative as he has not received word about their mission through normal channels, but he becomes more engaged after discovering that Lance is an all well known surfer. Like, too engaged. Like distracted, obsessed, obsessed. obsessed. Like, yeah. the, bitch, my, this this explosions, right? He was like, what board, dude? I've got like a toothbrush and maybe a razor. Like, I don't know. Like,
1: Nabrowski, I've been blessed by the gods of the ocean to take this wave and that you can find your own self.
0: Right. Like, Do you bring your surfboard? No, I brought cigarettes. Nothing but <laughs> <The> cigarettes. <laughs>
1: you it. know, you're in a war. Right.
0: The commander is an avid surfer himself and agrees to escort them through to the Nung's Viet Cong-held coastal mouth. The helicopter squadron, playing Ride of the Valkyries on loudspeakers, raids at dawn with a napalm strike. Before Kilgore can lure Lance out to surf on the newly conquered beach, Willard gathers the sailors to the PBR to continue their mission.
3: We get the famous line around here about the smell of napalm. In I the love morning. the smell of napalm in the morning.
1: You know, there's just cases of PBR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, there's one. so much.
3: I just before we get any farther into this, I just need to verbally make the note of how much inhaling of toxic gas happens throughout this movie. Yeah, they're just playing with it, like like it's nothing, Look, which
0: I think is like I think is important to. The story as a all these people are basically huffing paint and huffing fumes.
1: Look, I, I know we're talking about the shames, but I don't think you need to take shots at their body odor. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> or is that their ego?
0: <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> Tension arises as Willard believes himself in command of the PBR, while the chief prioritizes routine patrol objectives over Willard's. Slowly making their way upriver, Willard partially reveals his mission to the chief to assuage his concerns about why his mission should proceed. As Willard studies Kurtz's dossier, he is struck by the mid-career sacrifice Kurtz made by leaving a prestigious Pentagon assignment to join special forces, with no prospect of advancing beyond the rank of colonel. For the record, it's really important—I've dated a few military people myself— Your body has to be in tip-top shape, and they usually are taking 18, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds. By the time you get to 30, they're not interested in you. You can try, but you have to be a demigod in their eyes. So his obsession with this has everything to do with the fact that this guy like had a full-on Pentagon career, was 38, and was like, I'm going to go jump out of planes. You don't do that. A sign, much like with the, with Charlie Sheen, that he was probably insane. I but love that that was a quote. I'm
3: concerned that he is insane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was a quote. Quadru-
3: <laughs> like I just said so much at you guys about his life. Like, half of it didn't even land because he's just he's done a lot. He- just like everybody in this movie. Man, I'm so glad that we weren't around for this shit. Like we've seen right? some not great wars, Iraq, Afghanistan. Yeah. That was not fun. That nope. was not. But at least it wasn't this.
0: You weren't there. You I guess know. that's
3: true. That's true. I don't yeah. have any like, sort of idea. Shit
0: happens. There's not. There's some damaged kids out there running around now that we're. We don't have Dennis Hopper there to take oh my photographs God. of us.
2: Let's go through. So- <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of cocaine,
0: at a remote US Army post, Willard and Lance seek information on what is upriver and receive a dispatch bag containing official and personal mail. Unable to find any commanding officer, Willard orders the chief to continue. Willard learns via the dispatch that another MACV-SOG operative, Special Forces Captain Richard Colby, was sent on an earlier mission identical to Willard's and has since joined Kurtz. Lance activates a smoke grenade while under the influence of LSD. Seems like a great idea. Attracting enemy fire, and Mr. Clean is killed. The dog! This is where the dog... We don't see the puppy die, we just know that it goes missing.
3: In a scene that happens just a few minutes before, they basically murder a bunch of... Vietnamese people while they're on a boat just minding their own business, yeah. and then they they take, murder an entire family basically. And then they take
0: take the dog. And they take the puppy. They take the puppy, and that puppy survives a lot.
3: And that then puppy lives a life. It just goes
0: away, and we don't see the puppy anymore because it. Flew off onto a nearby log and it went downriver and found a new
3: family. Yeah, no, that's what I was telling myself because yeah. honestly yeah,
0: you, and the dog died. And it grew up dying. to be an old dog. that <laughs> yeah, died of natural
3: causes. Did you see the sequel where like
1: this very nice man in clown car picks him up and ends up taking him back to his uh, home way back in, in, in the US and, and then that's eventually the dog okay. finds a little boy who enjoys playing basketball. Be honest, sidebar and, fun
0: idea. Uh this is the precursor to Homeward Bound. I was about to say something. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say Airbud, that's why I was working towards. But yeah, we could do Homeward Bound.
3: This movie had a hard stop for me when the dog disappeared. I had to like take a minute. I was like, all these bodies, all this murder, but man. Yeah. The dog and I had to take a break.
0: I was in a place and I decided that I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna bake a cake. And then we didn't have any eggs. And the puppy died, allegedly. And I had to take a moment. I was like, there's no cake and the puppy's dead. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's not the first animal death we're even going to get in
3: this movie. Jeez.
0: That was a hard one, though. It's much like an American Psycho where you're like, not the puppy. You could kill all the hookers you want, but not the puppy.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, the animals and it's the cardinal sins of uh, horror movies in general is that uh, kids and and animals got to be off limits. But now that's been changed. They've been killing off a lot more like animals and horror movies as of late.
3: And children. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mr. Clean, aka Young Lawrence Fishburne. A, a very slight young Lawrence fishburn before he took the red pill.
0: Well, he took LSD he and took then a bunch he, of got, he got murked, is what happened. Yeah. Further up river chief is impaled by a spear thrown by the Montagnards and attempts to kill Willard by impaling him on the spear that's in his own body currently. That was a badass fucking movie. He's, He's like, like I ah! still got
3: a few minutes, few seconds of life left. I'm going to murder you
0: while I'm at it. Oh, you put me in this position. Granted, he stepped outside of his little protective area. He Very wouldn't true. have been speared Very and stabbed true. if he wasn't mm-hmm. just stayed in the boat. Uh, <laughs> spear point, retreating from his own chest before Willard subdues him. Willard reveals his mission to Chef, who is now in charge of the PBR. The PBR arrives at Kurtz's outpost, an abandoned Angkor Empire Temple compound teeming with Montagnards and strewn with corpses and severed heads. A lot of severed heads. Willard, Chef, and Lance are greeted by an American photojournalist who praises Kurtz's genius. Also, they're greeted by insanity. It should be a fucking red flag
3: i love when he's dra- taking him up there and he's like yeah don't mind the heads he just had a bad day <laughs> don't that, worry about all the seven he's heads taking he's, their photo, but he's also
0: covered in like 50 cameras <laughs> he's got he's so many insane. cameras
1: you would say we've been running around with our heads cut off up here <laughs> we try well, to have fun
0: <laughs> we keep it light around here we keep it fun we keep it fun <laughs> they encounter a near catatonic colby Willard sets out with Lance to find Kurtz, leaving Chef with orders to call in an airstrike on the outpost if the two do not return. In the camp, Willard is bound and brought before Kurtz in a darkened temple. Kurtz places Chef's severed head onto Willard's lap. Preventing the airstrike, Willard is released and Kurtz lectures him on his theories of war, praising the ruthlessness of the Viet Cong, otherwise known as the rantings of a fucking madman. Kurtz discusses his family and asks that Willard tell his son about him after his death. That night, as the Montagnards ceremonially slaughter a water buffalo, Willard attacks Kurtz with a machete. Mortally wounded, Kurtz utters, The horror! The horror! and dies. (laughs) Welcome to Vietnam We try to have fun and
1: kill everyone
0: Welcome to the Vietnam Where we are the Viet Cong We are leader demigod (laughs) The (laughs) whore The
3: (laughs) whore The the (sighs) the deleted (laughs) scene The scene at the end Where they're dancing up and down the temple steps It's Apocalypse Now the musical Tap number (laughs) Kicking the head that dances all the severants.
1: <laughs> the napalm seed is the rock number. <laughs> I smell I like the smell of the napalm
2: in the morning.
0: Everyone's got surfboards. <laughs> <laughs> Using them as a shield against the oncoming bullets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it says it said it, it says apocalypse now, and then they flip them to apocalypse.
0: Wow. <laughs> apocalypse wow <laughs> <laughs> the horror the horror the horror The was
1: also, also shout out to reggie and full effect that band because uh, that, that's where i got the apocalypse okay, wow okay, okay. <laughs> they, they actually, it's actually a really good song it's called apocalypse wow but that's what it reminded me of oh my god
3: that's so funny <laughs> oh my god fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All in the compound, see Willard departing, carrying a collection of Kurtz's writings, and bowed down to him. So collective relief. Willard gathers Lance, boards the PBR, and heads. He like, takes him by the hand. He's like, Come on now, son. He we, does. He's we like, We don't you're have to come be here me. anymore. Yeah. Come with me, watch, my mind the severed <laughs> head. Look out, watch out. Watch your foot. Watch your head. I mean your foot. <laughs> watch the head. <laughs> Look, Look ahead. People. Oh, shit, it did again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking soccer balls. Anyway, boards <laughs> the PBR and heads back down the river away from the now leaderless, headless Montegards. Why should we give a shit about Apocalypse Now? <laughs> apocalypse? Wow.
1: <laughs> Come for the razzle dazzle. Stay for the water buffalo slaying.
3: Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to be honest, dude. If you can sit through this movie, I feel <sighs> like we can make it through Cannibal Corpse.
1: Cannibal
3: Holocaust? No, that can- Cannibal Corpse is the band. Sorry. <laughs> <That's okay>. Cannibal? <laughs>
1: yeah, you Close. can. It's, it's Hammer Smash Face. Recommend it.
3: <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Uh, do you agree? If you could get through the end of this movie, you can get through Cannibal Holocaust?
0: I, I, Cannibal Holocaust is rough. It's really w- strategic, w- though. This one is very strategic. They so- show you a lot, but they're also there's so much going on. I mean,
3: you saw the cursed films about Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, you remember you, the was, attitude of the director.
0: Yeah. I know. I'd rather not watch a, a teenage girl get tortured in the field by some blonde dude. It goes way beyond that.
3: Oh, I know The
1: turtle. I saying, the turtle. The turtle. In that comparison, Apocalypse Wow well is like the minor leagues and I
3: said Apocalypse well. you, yeah, did. I know. you did. You did. <laughs> you really did. I was just going to let it go. Nah, I, I like, liked I, it. I caught
0: it. Took Apocalypse me Wow is a don't ask, don't tell military <laughs> story about what happened. Apocalypse
3: <laughs> Wow is the name of the musical version.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, it is. I, I, I would say We're po- going to Vietnam.
3: <laughs> nam, nam, Good nam. morning,
0: <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> We're coming to get the Viet Cong. Oh my! God. But
1: yeah, I, I would definitely say if if actual animal deaths upset you. Oh, it's also knowing that they did go on full and actually kill the buffalo. The okay, scene. but this is—you
0: could tell that you was tell. fucking real. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. there was not a doubt in my so mind. So here was the deal with that. That was—I feel like that was a cultural thing that was already happening, and they just filmed so it. So that's gonna be my yeah. thing. It was part of an
3: agreement that was made between the film mm-hmm. and the native peoples, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: and they said, "If you do this, this, and this, we'll let you film this, this, and this." So, they were allowed to film a very sacred event. Yeah, even though it looks brutal, yeah. and it fucking is. And mm-hmm. the poor water buffalo is like,
0: "What the fuck?" He's, just- He's stunned, right? He's just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> you can just see his soul leave his Honestly, body. Oh my gave- god, are you Martin Sheen? <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Why is the Godfather taking me out? <laughs> Stella. no pun intended Stella. you are utterly my favorite <laughs> actually dude real talk a streetcar, a streetcar named, desire. named desire yeah. this is he goes fully off the deep end goes into a drunken rage he actually works at the pentagon while he looks poor in louisiana he's really working at the pentagon and then goes into a drunken rage and goes off to cambodia do you guys know anything about brando's
3: mental state when this happened because I oh, watched that documentary about yeah, Brando. Yeah. Okay. So Brando was eating a you... lot of cookies at the time. <laughs>
0: and th- that is <laughs> the quote that sticks out in my head when you came over today. You sat down and you went, he couldn't have lost 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> he had four yeah. months. They were shooting for three and a half months before he
3: showed up. He showed up in the last few weeks of filming to get his scenes. And like the reason why, oh, the shadow there's like that scene at the end is known for the cinematography yeah. and the shadows and they literally had to film it that way to kind of fake make it look like he was a military guy and not some dude who's been eating milk and cookies for the <laughs> last six months
1: yeah i mean
0: i thought maybe he was just he like- should be
3: a lot more emaciated than he is unless yeah. he's eating those people he's murdering he should that not could be have been a fun big. twist. He turned Maybe.
0: into a cannibal. He's crazy.
1: Well, I think you finally realized why there were so many severed heads.
0: I was going to say, Ray, he didn't like the heads. <laughs> he
1: yeah, the bu- he definitely <laughs> did eat the heads. Yeah, Ribs, liver, go yeah. for it.
0: Yeah. The heads, mm-mm. chuck so, that shit like fish mm-hmm. heads.
3: We chose this movie because it was the Sheen's kind mm. of breakout role. Twice. Also... It's fun, fun story. I've never seen this movie in its entirety.
0: We also I've never you have to wait a down. long time to get to Marlon Brando. The end. Yeah. The end. Literally the, the end of the movie. End. And then he gets murdered. Yeah. I was just going to point out how
3: much like Emilio and Martin look like Martin in this movie and Emilio in The Breakfast Club look like they could be brothers. Oh, that yeah. is
0: my literally my comment here is Martin Sheen looks like Emilio, but he sounds like Charlie. Yeah, he sounds like Charlie the whole yeah. time, but he yeah. looks like Emilio. And I was like, "This is the best of all the worlds." Are you kidding me? There's a lot of <laughs> underwear in that first 20 minutes, dude. There was a peen shot. There Are you kidding me? Shot. He did a fucking full on flip into the camera, peen and all. Yeah. And you you're gotta like, "Ooh, she peen." <laughs> sheen, <let's> see, <laughs> mm-hmm. another reason why I feel like it's a don't ask, don't tell story.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a full on mental break. I think that's so interesting that he has a full on mental breakdown of his own in the beginning. Yeah, if you don't understand the military culture much there's people that do these crazy horrendous things and then they have to go back to normal life and wait yeah and wait and don't they don't aren't doing these adrenaline inducing exciting things exciting whether it's bad or good
3: and if you don't have a family and you don't have a home
0: then you turn to Things like drugs and alcohol to drown out. And you're left there. numb things. You're left with your thoughts of all the horrible things that you've seen before then, which is evident by him just having images of like, which I thought was interesting because they're playing the Doors. Over the top of all this burning the soundtrack scene. to this movie. Amazing. Well, then at the end, it starts to become more 80s keyboard. Yeah. There was way more 80s keyboard. And I was like, you could have just kept other music on top were of it. There was some but funny sure shit. There were some times
3: at the end. I wanted, I had a note about that, that it, they, did they lose their music guy and hire John
0: Carpenter? Right. What happened at the a- end <laughs> ding, of this movie? John Carpenter's like,
1: yeah,
3: I got
0: 15 minutes. I can help you out real quick. <laughs> I can I can what, bust out the old four happening? chords and get there you were, a music soundtrack. Are you there, kidding me?
3: Maybe it hit a little different in the 70s, but some of those scenes were so serious and then it was underscored by like the most insane synthesizer music, like dance music from like alternative Like for that, clubs. but when they
0: were showing the doors, you're talking about Jim Morrison, you're talking about Jim Morrison and he and I my boyfriend didn't know this but I was like yeah he set his bed on fire with his girlfriend in, in it. it so it's yeah. very odd that they're showing all these flaming scenes of people burning and they're I like feel like Jim that was the I intentional yeah. described
1: it, I could just think of it as just like people burning and screaming in terror and just in the background ding ding
3: I am the
0: lizard king. You can dance if
1: you want to. <laughs> you can let your friends afire. <laughs> okay, so
3: we all know that part of the reason why this movie is still talked about in film schools and it is, is has the gravitas as it does is because of Martin Sheen.
0: Martin Sheen, Slow Burn, which is something burn. we talk a lot about. This is also a TDM. We're going to hit a lot of TDMs this year. Total Dude Movies. Oh, yeah. This was one of those dude-defining movies that guys that went around wearing military jackets because they just watched Apocalypse Now. Yeah. They're like, oh my Much God, like- Brando's performance. You're like, you mean Brando's performance in The Shade? He was probably <laughs> snacking on cookies while he was doing that thing. I know he was washing himself. He was. That's milk. <laughs> He's so dunking you came cookies
1: to rescue me. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: oh, I you know come,
1: oh, or
0: did you
3: come? Did
0: you or did you come to <laughs> kill me? Oh, is he, that Dunkaroos?
3: <laughs> a part of his shoot schedule was because he was trying to came very family oriented towards hmm. his latter years and had kids. And he, when his kids were on summer vacation, he didn't want it, He wanted to be home, and yeah. he wasn't going to shoot. Mm-hmm. So he waited on. His well, part he, was much
0: bigger, and they cut it down substantially. Yeah, he went from yeah. uh,
1: Marlon Brando to Marlon
0: Family
3: Brando. <laughs> 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 so, do you want to yeah, know?
0: Or you could just be like Martin Sheen and bring Emilio to Cambodia. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what my thought was. So, well, because this was a Francis Ford Coppola film, correct? Cop- he often brought Sofia Coppola along with. They rented. I actually have a note about that. They rented a house and brought. Oh. He brought the
3: entire family with him. And they stayed in a house during the four or five month shoot. Everybody else stayed in 10th. The casting process to this movie was just as arduous as the movie itself. And the amount of people who had their names attached to this is really strange. People I would have never picked to be in this movie. Top pick for Francis Ford Coppola before anybody else
0: was Steve McQueen. Really? I mean, he had that grizzled look but he was for for Martin Sheen's character not for Marlon Brando. Oh. I mean if you're going to tell me that Steve McQueen is going to do a front flip <laughs> dong first bean? front flip dong first into the camera? Yes. I mean, I'll I, mean, I will sit down for those casting calls. I Sheen don't peen. know. <laughs> Wait, till you see
3: the McQueen peen. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if that's what was on the top of the Sheen peen <laughs> McQueen peen. Um McQueen was not no basically everyone said no to this movie because they didn't want to go to Cambodia for the release. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a joke. So we got Steve McQueen, we got Al Pacito, Jack Nicholson, Robert Redford, James Caan, Keith Carradine, Nick Nolte.
0: Nick fucking Nolte. Okay.
3: <laughs> this movie could have gone in some weird ass directions, weirder than it already was. But Martin Sheen screen tested and he was really he kind of got bumped up. He just didn't have he the name real. power. Yeah, He was... Marlon Brando's the... your name power. Mm-hmm. Okay, so originally cast was Harvey Keitel. Hmm. And for they... Marlon Brando's character? No, oh. for Martin Sheen's character. Oh. They took Harvey Keitel to location, shot for a month. And then Francis Ford Coppola was like, alright guys, I think I made a mistake. <gasps> After a month of shooting? Correct. And then they went back to L.A., and he sat down and he saw some screen tests again and was like, Martin Sheen back. was kind of towards the top of my list. Let's give Martin Sheen a shot. So, oh, Harvey, I know, but that's okay because Harvey o- Keitel's doing okay. Um, do you want to know some alternatives for Colonel Goode? Yes, <laughs> you're gonna love the first one. Instead of Marlon Brando,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Orson Welles. Yes. <laughs> He was offered Orson Welles and Lee Marvin. Both turned it down.
0: Huh. Orson Welles would have been good. Like, Why do they keep picking chunky, powerful yeah. dudes to play this I, grizzled military person? I don't know, man. That explains all the pictures in Shadow, too. They're like, <gasps> no one can get a good picture of him. Paul Masson, I need Paul Messon. We can shoot this in France and then I will do it. <laughs> but you're going to take me again
3: no one wanted to leave and go to the fucking jungle Mm -hmm. it was 79 so they were shooting in like 77 78 not too far off from when the war had
0: fucking happened things are still a
3: little raw a little sore over there i don't Mm -hmm. know if i would want to be
0: i don't know i think some of these people made smart Self I don't even think it's about like, choices. oh, I don't want to leave my house. That's too far for me to go for three months. I think it's I don't want to go to a freshly war torn country. Yeah. It's so close to everything. It's real fresh, including the heads. It's like Do you think question? Do you think that Martin Sheen went through this movie and was like Charlie? Charlie. Charlie. That's Charlie. A great name. <laughs> Oh, my fuck, dude. It's a great name for a child someday.
3: <laughs> I don't know where I got
1: the name from. Just It's been ringing around in my head for a while now. I decided to go with Charlie.
0: Well, that brings us to the point of the fact that when you said Charlie, we were all rendezvousing. Oh, before we, we started. We all recording. thought about a different Charlie. I was thinking Apocalypse Now Charlie. I was thinking Charlie Sheen. And you were thinking Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory, Charlie. I, I swear I saw Wonka like in the text. I, 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 I said was, winning. Did you say did you really say winning I said
3: winning oh and then gosh. you came back with ooplaooba? Oh I gosh. was like, I'm, I'm really so confused. I am so sorry. I really thought you like I winning and Charlie Wonka.
0: is Wonka and I, and and, I, and I was like, Factory. Oh, okay,
1: you're recording an episode about Willy Wonka
0: for right now. Cool.
3: That's cool. I mean, we will one day, but not not today. <laughs>
0: now I feel today we're doing Charlie Sheen. Okay, that's my bad.
3: <laughs> I so said sorry. we were winning, and yeah, you I were don't, like, "Okay, I don't know why.
1: <laughs> I literally remember wi- seeing Willy and not winning. Uh,
0: maybe, maybe I'm just like dyslexic
3: <laughs> so, and never oh. been diagnosed. <laughs> I think
0: that all the time. <laughs> I think my favorite breaking of the fourth wall that really takes you out of this incredibly intense movie is the scene where francis ford coppola is in the movie mm-hmm. with all of the cameras mm-hmm. and don't look at me don't look at me keep going keep going it's
3: before he gained all that wine weight yeah i know back remember when we did when the episode of francis spelt? ford coppola
0: and you were like how did you find all these sexy photos of francis ford coppola i was like Google. When yeah, was he hot. But I definitely had to go to page two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just yeah,
1: letting you know how much work you got to put in
0: here. Or type Francis Ford Coppola young this is usually how you have to do that. But that scene. Before the pasta kicked in. But that was the only. <laughs>
3: or the wine. He's living uh, his best godfather kind of life Oh, these days.
0: absolutely. That was the only scene they did where they broke through like that. Yeah. And I get that it was supposed to be this must feel like he's in a movie but it's real life but it's also a movie it's just so meta again another reason why i feel like this is a tdm because so many guys were like oh my god did you see that part with the director in it you're like yes we all saw it do you see that part with the guns oh my god
3: <laughs> yeah, this movie was rough
0: what were you saying
3: about the heads? Oh yeah, there was real bodies in this. There yeah. was real heads, real bodies. Yeah, They had them lying around. There's a lot. There's excess. They
0: just like. Oh yeah, you we know the war a... Ended like last week. We still got some heads if you guys <laughs> want. We've been keeping of. them on ice. You're on a budget,
1: Oh, Don't even worry about it. We, we got don't need a
0: props person. <laughs> we skeletons. Sh- we on shooting Get a. You yeah. don't even need a full shovel. Here's a spade. Get that boom bone. Yeah, real bodies, real heads, real buffalo. What was that like for the cast? I don't know.
3: Honestly, I don't know if the cast knew. They're like,
0: oh, yeah, that's fake. Don't look, <laughs> the, don't the look in the team eyes. The really
1: outdid themselves this
0: time.
3: <laughs> <Right>. oh, <laughs>
1: how authentic. Wow. Are these
0: real eyes? <laughs> They're so
3: gushy. How did the maggots just stay on? <laughs> oh, God. The realists. That's why, don't honestly. all the heads. He had I'm, a bad day. If I'm being for real, so you don't really get a lot of close ups on those heads. Yeah. They're from pretty far back. And I think that's because they're fucking real. Fucking real, real,
0: man. Yeah. Just saying. But But I also was wondering if it was like people underneath. Like there was some on top of parts of the structure.
3: I mean, that was Maybe there
0: was like some people that were like, (laughs) you know, you can't see me what I'm doing. But yeah, just some extras with (laughs) their heads sticking on top, kind of looking like it was a severed head. Maybe. "Ah, I'm dead. But also, some weren't. And also, that was a very old structure that they wouldn't have been like no i'm gonna dig a hole for a person to stick their head through that's real all that shit was real
3: (sighs) there was a lot more realness to this movie
0: again the sad part the puppy going missing and me not seeing it was more upsetting than seeing real severed heads it really i had a hard time finishing the movie after the puppy that, that should bother me more the severed heads But the puppy, who you didn't actually see die, because I think if they killed the puppy and you saw it, there would have been a fucking riot. walking out. There would have been a riot. Can't kill puppies, man. Right? Right. Right. (laughs) No, yeah. As she asks the
3: puppy. (laughs) Well, he like
0: looked up (laughs) and was like, yeah, I can't kill puppies. Yeah, it would have made the movie a lot more rough. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end to Apocalypse (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
3: that's the end to it the puppy comes running back on stage and lance and the puppy walk off into the sunset, and they go surfing together that is the that is the- <laughs> <laughs> just
0: with like the, with, with the guitar and everything just <laughs> so it's not air bud it's surf bud <laughs> yeah it's surf bud it's, uh, yeah there you go or that's the ending i Aquabud? wanted to be reunited Aquabud. i wanted to be reunited with that puppy
3: yeah, I thought about that puppy the rest of the movie because he just he disappeared.
0: Gone. You're like, You're where like where where's oh the God. puppy? No, the
1: third, the third, third one. Okay, the the title would be Swimming Buddy.
0: I like Surf Buddy. Surf, like surf Surf Buddy. buddy. <laughs> Surfing Buddy. <laughs> Surfing buddy. <laughs> oh God.
1: Buddy board. Are you ready? I, no, okay, no, that's to cheer
0: out. this up with some teen angst. I was like, I don't. For as great as this next movie is, it's not that cheery. <laughs> I f- I would take teen angst over fucking severed heads any day. True statement. It's annoying. This but... was one of those movies that I
3: watched. Do you remember when TBS and TNT used to play things over and over and over and over
0: again for 24 hours <laughs> mm-hmm. at a time? Mm-hmm. This was one of those movies. I have a question for you. What yeah. do teen angst and severed heads in war have in common? What? They both smell bad.
1: Uh, Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good
3: one.
0: (laughs) On (laughs) Saturday, March
3: 24th. Picture it. Brackies. Saturday, March 24th. Wait, what day is it?
0: No, it just happened. It just happened. I was on it on our social media. Good
3: job, dude. March 24th, 1984. Five students at Schremer High School report at 7 a.m an all-day detention socially awkward brian johnson volatile wrestle (laughs) volatile wrestler (laughs) that is the name of a wrestler (laughs) that is
1: that is the name of a wrestler wwe i would have right. the
3: volatile wrestler andrew clark andrew
2: clark the (laughs) volatile something
1: like
3: that i'm sorry i was was trying to do that with a straight face (laughs) You failed, but it's I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> Shy loner Allison Reynolds, popular snob Claire Standish. They don't ever say their last names in this movie.
0: A little bit, but you really have to listen for it. Through all the teen. the only angst. one you get
3: is mm-hmm. the rebellious delinquent John Bender, because they yell his yes. name a lot. Yeah, They're like yeah. John
0: Bender, I got yeah. you for two months,
3: <laughs> <laughs> for two weeks, whatever it is. Mess with the bull, you get the then horns. You get the horns.
0: <laughs> we're yeah. gonna make out. I mean, you're gonna mean you? like... <laughs> oh, okay i going to violate all of your yeah. student rights by rifling through your oh my god! I was your man, it's been a
3: while since I've seen this, and there are some problematic moments. Okay, we we're going to we talk gotta, about. It. Like,
0: we got to get through this description
3: in voiceover. The five are described respectively as a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. They gather in the school library, where Vice Principal Richard Vernon warns them not to talk, move from their seats, or sleep until they are released at 4 p.m. He assigns them a thousand-word essay in which each must describe who you think you are. A very philosophical question for
0: sixteen-year-olds. Heavy fucking question. Yeah. You don't know who the fuck you are. It's sixteen. I still, don't kind I don't, don't know you you who the fuck I am. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he would be disappointed. <laughs> he leaves returning only occasionally to check in on them and reprimand them that's all he really does is come in and yell john ignores the rules and spends most of the time bullying or harassing claire or uh kind of sexually assaulting her on one occasion brian and andrew he just kind of fucks with all of them (laughs) having a completely hostile relationship with the principal john defiantly talks back and insults vernon which results in John receiving eight weekends worth of additional detention. I don't think he can do that.
1: I mean, back then, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It was I, the 80s. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't
3: know if he can do that. Suspension
1: of, of disbelief or whatever. I feel like
3: know? an administrator is going to get involved at that point. That seems excessive. <laughs>
1: I mean, but back then they were like, they were pretty ridiculous, like with the disciplinary actions. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I guess I would say if Catholic schools in 60s and 70s and 50s Colorado were still doing the whole ruler on the knuckles, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a principal somewhere taking liberties with the tension.
3: Uh, agreed. Shortly after, the five sneak out of the library and retrieve John's marijuana stash When they see Vernon is returning to the library, John deliberately gets caught so the others can sneak back into the library. John is locked in a storage closet. Here is the problematic moment. You can't lock a child in a storage closet. (laughs) I mean, you can, but like you can't. just, Just ask the Dursleys. (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, he escapes though and returns to the library by crawling through the ceiling panels and falling through one of them droccoli falling into the library very convenient he could have fallen in another room that library is huge yeah yeah, i know the ceilings in that library library are massive he should have really hurt himself. That's he, always been a problem for me. He I, should have fallen sooner. Like, Yeah. I, I,
1: I, I want to know what material is being used to hold up that young adult <laughs> pretending to be a teenager. <laughs> That's th- That 25-year-old? Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Vernon investigates the noise, and the others help hide John. This is where he's under the table looking and being up really fucking gross up... Uh, Molly Ringwald skirt. The students passed the time by talking, which he told them not to do. See, the arguing, is, which he told them not to do.
0: While he was down there, she was like, I oh, you're such a pig." It worked, <laughs> so it, it didn't teach him not to do that.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. It just yeah, was like it rewarded the behavior.
0: All I had to do was whisper <laughs> up your coochie, <laughs> <laughs> coochie whisper over there, and it fucking all of a sudden there, she was in love with him. There's I a, a cut what? where he
1: goes. Pss, pss, pss. <laughs> oh no. Little...
0: Oh, it's the director's whisper cat. <laughs>
3: Uh, they also listen to music while they smoke the marijuana. It's definitely the first time for a couple of these people, which is pretty funny. Emilio Estevez being insane in that microfiche room, just hotboxing it. Hotboxing like,
0: himself <laughs> in a room. And
3: like sh- fighting the air. Who has a reaction to weed like
0: that? Someone who's got a that? lot of testosterone I, I, and aggression. I'll make the
1: argument. Keep in mind, back then they were you know, weed wasn't as legal, so it was more laced.
3: So it it could have been, maybe he had LSD with his weed. You never know. True. That's true. Well, Anthony Michael Hall was channeling his best Ray Charles (laughs) while... (laughs) while Emilio Estevez was raging out. He was the only one being really aggro. I can't Canis see John. my eye roll, too. He was
1: given the inspiration for Nicolas Cage and the Wicker Man with the whole bees scene. <laughs> 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 the river has flush apart. Oh,
3: my God. Gradually, during this marijuana scene, because marijuana is important for social development and growth, at least in this movie, they open up and reveal their secrets and their poor relationships with their parents. Everybody's got a shit relationship with their mom and dad. Claire's popularity subjects her to an intense peer pressure. Poor, rich Claire. I don't feel bad for her. I've never right. felt bad for her. Ever. She's a spoiled brat. You chose that life. You didn't have to do those things to get that popular. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No one just gets popular Peer
0: pressure is the lesson. we got to get through this description. I know.
3: (laughs) I'm sorry. And then we'll go over the
1: seven deadly sins in
0: high school. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh.
3: And her parents. So peer pressure. She's getting pressured. And her parents use her to get back at each other during arguments. Real healthy home life. She is in detention due to skipping school and going shopping. (laughs) Which, who hasn't? (laughs) John's father physically and verbally abuses him and his mother. According to Vernon,
0: one of the best scenes, his like reenactment of being yeah, a p- night at the Bender household. Yeah, you know, it is was a good moment in this doosh. movie. And then the music starts, oh, and you yeah. like, "Oh my god, I feel for him."
3: <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> the Agul- hugest lady runner for this fool.
0: <laughs> right? Oh my god, I can fix him, John Bender.
3: Oh my, Bender. God, oh my god. god, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> bad. So here's here was I the
0: just, he just knew that
3: the lesson for the last two weeks where... I watched a lot of movies that fucked with my idea of relationships when I was a child. This being one of them, and most of those Freddie Prince Junior. movies from last week were really problematic when it came to relationships. I know, I know what you did last summer. Really hits hard,
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like that vehicle yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but you know didn't hit hard? Summer fucking catch.
3: Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> when was the last time you watched that one? Go down to the Summer Catch right. Memory Lane and oh. you'll.
0: There are a few movies that make us both scream at the television. This was one of those films. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I'm glad we made it through all 90 minutes of it because there was a couple moments where we were. It was the last, definitely the
0: last, like 20 minutes of that movie.
3: We got to get through this movie though. So John's basically in detention because he pulled a fire alarm, which is pretty minor infraction. I would, I think, but whatever. Andrew is unable to think for himself. His father intimidates him to succeed in wrestling.
0: Ali Sheedy is the one who he can't think for himself. He's like, Yeah, she's right.
3: <laughs> He's kind of a meathead. He can't
0: he can't even <laughs> say that he can't think for himself. Which I get is the point. So
3: he was sent and I don't I don't know if I remember this, but he was sent to detention for taping another Weaker students' butt cheeks together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Larry
0: Larry Wells, right?
1: Didn't he like put like uh, some sort of like powder that like burned as well? Oh, yeah, that too.
0: Yeah. But he had an allergic reaction to it, right?
1: Yeah. And so like they taped the cheeks so like the pain would intensify and 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 he 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 couldn't wash it out. He literally
3: only did it to make his father feel like he was being like a brute at school.
0: Right. Right, Because all the stories his father Mm -hmm. told him.
1: What what Andrew Tate fans these days would call a "quote unquote" alpha male,
0: or toxic
1: masculinity? Gross. (laughs) Careful, careful, you're going to hurt their feelings.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Ryan is under peer pressure from his parents to get good grades so he can. Can go on to a great college, and he contemplated suicide after getting an F in shop class. Fool, you shouldn't be taking shop class. That was you're setting yourself up for he failure. Thought he was going to get an easy A. <laughs> well, uh, his is he the, uh, didn't uh, understand his proclivities for shop.
1: It, his reasoning for detention is is there's so many things about this movie that's hard for me to like suspend my disbelief, and like right. that one is the that is the hardest one for me. I was like, he so he got an F,
3: so he gets detention. I know kid, No, he no, was he, sent to, to detention for bringing a flare gun to school. He, oh, that was why he brought right, the right. flare gun to school. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. he wanted to commit suicide. He was going to do it with a flare gun. Oh, which, right. That was the Dude. only gun he could find in his house. Dude. Dude.
0: <laughs> his little, his, like, the trunk, it just, like, my, wood, my life would go on. And I was always like.
3: <gasps> on to Alice Sheedy and her dandruff. <laughs> Allison is a compulsive liar with neglectful parents and constantly steals random items for usage should she ever decide to run away from home. She's just building a go bag.
2: Yeah.
3: Just <laughs> Pretty much. Now this is smart. We it's call those crazy. preppers now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they ignore me. <laughs> Dude, I fucking fell for Ally do though, when I was a kid. Definitely Slight-eyed. an shady type. They for sure. me. I'm gonna steal the stapler
0: <laughs> <laughs> in case I need it one day. It might be put it my of- She's like the goth Mary Poppins.
3: She says she literally just showed up to detention because she didn't have anything better to do, and that's how oblivious the principal is that someone can just show up detention on Saturday and like he doesn't even know that they're supposed to be there or not. Right.
0: <sighs> well, she's invisible mm-hmm. to him too.
3: Correct. They all realize that, despite their differences, they're very familiar in their problems in life. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Vernon complains to the janitor, Carl, <laughs> that students today are less disciplined than they were earlier in his teaching career.
0: And Carl doesn't want none of his shit. For Carl yes. tells Vernon that
3: he is the only one that has changed, and the students don't really care what... He thinks of them as a Guy former call. custodian.
1: I can admit that that is the most BS scene out of this whole movie. I'd be lucky if Prince will ever looked
3: my way
0: and asked you what you thought. Yeah,
3: I think that was kind of the point because was it was up until Saturday when no one was this around. moment, oh, he oh. had never looked, given him a side eye, and now this Saturday, this one magical.
0: Saturday, something about Co-
3: detention. Saturday, March twenty fourth. <laughs> continued
1: the problematic trope of <laughs> the the magical, whimsical, wisdom filled
3: janitor custodian. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. it's definitely a trope. <laughs> Claire gives Allison a makeover, which sparks romantic interest from Andrew. Claire decides to break her quote-unquote, pristine, innocent appearance by kissing John, although suspecting their new relationship will end when detention is over, they believe their mutual experiences will change the way they look at their peers in a sense that, you know, they won't look at them like they were all assholes. (laughs) Hopefully they'll have friends at the end of this, even though they all kind of know that it's probably not going to happen. Monday morning, they're going to go back to normal.
0: Well, Claire has the honesty to say that that's what's going to happen. Correct. She's like, we're not all going to talk to each other. They're like, you're a bitch. And she was like, I'm not a bitch for telling the truth. I you mean, guys we're asked. having a weird Saturday afternoon yeah, and we're growing asked. as
3: teenagers and things are going to go back to the way We all were.
0: smoke pot with each other. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, for all the, you know, obscene stuff, if you would kind of make remarks too. That's like the one thing I would give her because it's kind of like hitting on like a tribalism and how that even starts in like high school oh, where yeah. you stick Absolutely. to your inner circles. So it's like. Yeah, no, I mean I yeah. I mean she might be a bitch, but she's right. Speaking of her <laughs> being a
3: bitch, she's the one that leads everybody kind of ganging up on Brian and being like, Hey Brian, it's the end of detention. We haven't written that fucking essay. You wanna write You wanna, it wanna for write us? it for us? And he's like, No, I don't <laughs> <laughs> But then she's like, No, but you're gonna you're gonna write it for us. And they do. So <laughs> John runs away It doesn't make away. sense for
0: all of us to write a paper mm-hmm. uh, You should just write one paper And you're uh, the smartest
3: What a fucking twat they don't jo- John goes back <laughs> to the storage closet Vernon is oblivious Never thought he left And Brian leaves the essay in the library For him to read As the students part ways Allison and Andrew kiss Ooh. <laughs> As Claire and John do the same Ooh <laughs> <laughs> Allison rips Andrew. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just, that was sorry. So funny. Should we
0: have all joined in on the? Ooh? Yeah, like give me okay. another. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. 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 There we
3: go. That was great. Allison rips Andrew's state championship patch from his jacket. Rude. Yeah, dude. What, what the fuck?
0: It's a white girl thing to do. This is mine's now. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Claire. Claire gives
3: one, away one of her diamond earrings. Dumb move, bitch. <laughs> he's that ho- thing. That's literally what I was about to say. Is Once he's that relationship is that over, as <laughs> ah. <This is> Vernon <laughs> reads the essay, Brian writes how the principal has used stereotypes to make petty judgments of them, and states that quote Each one of us is a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. Does that answer your question? End quote. No. <laughs> As he signs the essay Sincerely yours The Breakfast Club. As he walks through, the school's football field, John triumphantly pumps his fist in the
0: air uh, to great 80s music. Don't you <laughs> forget, forget about <laughs> me. Yeah. You will when, because it's high school. <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Why should we give a shit? Because but
3: it, this is the 80s. This is one of the movies that literally defined the entire fucking decade.
0: Quintessential coming of age, quintessential high school, quintessential Skyrocketed. 80s. Amelia. All of those careers, okay? Because Amelia Amelia was was... on the way up
3: with Outsiders, but it wasn't until The Breakfast Club when he was like, "I'm gonna smoke pot and punch the air, and everybody's gonna hire me." (laughs) 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 That
0: (laughs) punching (laughs) move—it's
3: so funny. So he wasn't even originally cast as Andrew. Who was cast as Andrew? He was cast as John Bender. Emilio Estevez was originally cast as John Bender. However, when Hughes was unable to find anybody to fill, <laughs> <laughs> fill Andrew Clark's <laughs> shoes, he was recast. Nick Cage was considered for John Bender as well as John Cusack, but it, Ultimately went to Jed Nelson. Mm. Thank Nick God Cage,
0: he could have played fucking. I wanna be an Air Force Ranger. He could have given real crazy. That's for oh, fucking yeah. sure. But you need that like. It's not real crazy, Aaron. It's real cagey. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh, oh, Nick Cage. I have opinions. We're not gonna do I think that. His though. family's just like we're glad he went with his own name. And <laughs> really, people know, but they're not like. Making direct connections.
1: I I I love Nicholas Cage. I think I think people don't give him the credit he needs to. and the fact that I'm positive that he knows that he's gonna get a paycheck for doing really ridiculous roles and just acting to the most. Yeah, he. Oh, he's totally leaning into it. Like you see photos of him with like his his son and you know just.
3: When was um, the last time you watched Moonstruck? Moonstruck. Yeah because
2: my hair
1: yeah my like head. this has
3: been it from the beginning friend yeah. like he's I, always been absurd he's always been writing the coattails of the coppola oh yeah like <laughs> come on now
1: but that's what i mean like people are still gonna pay him people are still gonna like put him have in the you movie. heard the
3: fucking pr he's been doing for dracula or renfield
1: no i haven't heard about he PR. was
3: like yeah i talked to my uncle about it and, and i just kind of decided i was gonna channel my dad <laughs> so he's doing an impression of august coppola the entire movie
1: I've, i i just i have to believe he's more aware of what he's doing than people think he, like, oh, like he knows he's, just but
0: he's still of, insane yeah, yeah. he's still so crazy
1: and yeah i mean but and yet when i've watched both wicker man's the first one astounding great we watched I,
3: that last halloween
1: oh yeah it's it's beautiful yeah. it's worth crazy. its pros it's worth its pros and then when i watched I the like second it. one i had to appreciate it in a different light because i'm like this is the best parody of the wicker
3: man i've ever seen <laughs> oh my god that's so funny i did know the wayne's I mean, brothers remade I- the
0: wicker man <laughs> <laughs>
3: maybe if i went into that with that mindset i would have enjoyed that movie more i mean
1: come I on just like the scene where he just like bicycle thefts i can't you know? even
0: with that cage right now he just like decks her in the face he he's punches like this is mine. so many women in the face that's why when i watched the wicker man the remake it was a drinking game because it was like you pop you drank every time he popped pills you drank every time he punched a woman in the face and you're like this is insane he does it enough for you to get drunk off of this movie.
1: I was I was disappointed because I thought he was going to fully go on and take it into a fist fight with all those kids in the classroom. Oh, for sure. Like I, th- I thought they were going to throw down. I'm like, I'll yeah, fight let's,
0: let's, I'll, let's fight do island. Island. I'll fight you. I'll fight the I'll fight Judd just...
3: Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: okay. <laughs> Jud-
3: uh, you brought up the Cage. <laughs> I mean, like Nick Cage is kind of an asshole, and so is Judd Nelson. That's how I'm going to fucking link that back. He was harassing people off camera as well he was really yeah no was it's he reported trying to be that meta? john hughes almost fired him because really? he was being so fucking mean to molly ringwald and he was like trying to be all method and shit and be I was john gonna say, was he trying to be and a he method was being actor? a cunt really and basically the whole cast came to his minus molly ringwald <laughs> came to his defense and were like no 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 he's, he's like is, playing his character yeah, and like he's still being a
1: john b- almost put him in literal detention
0: oh
3: my god yeah in the the corner that's why he went in that room we had to put him somewhere
0: we'll we'll make it a scene in the movie just get in there
3: oh my god we could have made it a
0: bigger room but because you're being an asshole we made it a smaller room for you to act in (laughs) have fun
3: So, so when you think about this movie what do you think about first do you think about that poster about them with those like scowly teenage looks on their faces.
0: Okay, I think about Emilio Estevez. No joke. Because again, And, and that like apple-bottom jeans he's got going yes, on. And the, okay. <laughs> Boots apple, with the fur. Apple-bottom jeans, fucking trainers, and his <laughs> sleeveless tee. And he's just running around he's punching such a the air wrestler. with his blonde hair and blue eyes. He was like the man of my dreams when I was younger. What do
3: you think about when you think about this movie?
1: Uh, uh, I mean, I don't... It's hard, think of one per- it's hard to think of one particular scene... Um, but i guess if i had to pick the scene it's kind of where it, it would have to be the scene where they're all like you know stoned out of their minds you know more toasted than a pop-tart and just getting solidarity from each other because mm-hmm. i think i think that's the biggest takeaway from the film itself is is just that it was a message about solidarity amongst teen angst and coming from different degrees of broken homes and broken relationships with uh, with caregivers, with parents. I mean, because that's right. That's kind of what it all hits on is outer pressures from uh, out of school, where school is supposed to be kind of their haven. But the pressures that they get from outside, the impact, the influence, they're not allowed to never go back to that they have to go back home to that so when they go to school that's their haven they can kind of be themselves like claire for example like i think maybe that's kind of the answer to why she worked so hard to be in a clique she wanted to be somewhere where she felt important because maybe at home probably doesn't
0: feel that way i think they all leave with perspective yeah right they all get it they all like well you're the most popular in girl school what problems could you have or you're super smart what problems could you have yeah just goes out of your way to show that everybody has issues
3: that was way more insightful than where I was trying to go with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that was great. That was so awesome. I just wanted to, I found out a really amazing fact that Annie Leibowitz, the famed portrait photographer, was mm-hmm. the one that did that poster. Did Really? The, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's a good tie-in. You can get the camaraderie from that poster. They're all kind of like, Hanging on each other and stuff, but, but they're she, still distant, right? Yeah, they're mm-hmm.
0: close but distant. So that makes
3: I don't know your your point makes that a little deeper. Well, you know, yeah, you, but, you think about that, but you, that's what you think about when you think about the eighties. Like I don't, know. I think about going to movie stores and seeing mm-hmm. the the movie the post, front Jay. of the VHS tape boxes. And
0: I think about my crush. I thought about Molly Ringwald afterwards. because of course I feel like I always just wanted. To be like Molly Ringwald. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even oh, though yeah. I I
3: identified with Ali Sheedy, I definitely wanted to be Molly but Ringwald. But
0: Breakfast Club definitely made Molly
1: Ringwald the it, the it the girl, girl during that sure. time. Like, absolutely.
3: Well, it solidified because she did 16 Candles before that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was like another John her on the class way up. That. Honestly, it was Hughes's when we did 16 Candles last year. We talked about how this movie... Was the vehicle to get Ali Sheedy in the mix mm-hmm. because he wanted to cast her as Molly Ringwald in 16 Candles, but it just didn't, the vibe yeah. didn't work, the chemistry wasn't there. Right. And he fell in love with Molly Ringwald and like, Well, she's played Molly the rich and girl. Ally were his like girls. She's,
0: Molly Ringwald's played the rich girl and the poor girl. She's played both sides of the track, so sure. to speak. Mm-hmm. And literally mm-hmm. in one of those movies, there's literally on the other side of the track. Yeah, <laughs> <sure. Yeah. laughs> I thought, you see the David Bowie quote? Did you? Guys, juice. I never used to one. Okay, one. Did you pick up on the weed thing when you were younger? No. And watched it. Nope. I did. I not had either. no idea. I, I thought they were on, smoking cigarettes. Okay,
3: but I watched this movie on cable television all the time. Did they cut I watched it out? It on fucking TBS on those like twenty four hour marathons, and that was something that I'm glad you brought that up because that was a realization that I was having when I was watching this because I watched it, the real uncut, unedited, the version that it was meant to be, and. I think they cut out like the actual act of smoking. There's sure. still smoke oh, in the yeah. room. Yeah, there's you,
0: smoke in the room. You can see that. But I think they trimmed that out because yeah, I don't remember really we understanding even trim out that. In some cuts of it, like when they're tossing the bag around, they cut mm-hmm. like seeing anything. So they throw something, but it's implied you don't actually see the bag. Yeah, of no, weed. but you're hitting
1: around the head. Like when it comes to like syndication and for things to be rerun on like cable tv like they're gonna cut things out like i use the comparison of like buying an album from walmart like if you buy uh you know dmx album from walmart as compared to like your local indie store also i understand if the dmx reference is a little little out of date but (laughs) um rest in in peace yeah uh more so to the point like you're gonna get full dmx from buying his cd from an independent you know Mm market store whereas walmart has made it known that they censor uh the cds that they they sell because they're you know they're all family brand they're Mm -hmm. they're gonna play it safe they're gonna go the disney route with it. And so it's coming back to Fudge the Police doesn't have
3: the same kind of ring to it. (laughs) for real, though.
1: Like, I mean, yeah, no, that's what, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, Fudge the
0: Police, Fudge the Police, add the peanuts and the whipped topping. (laughs) (laughs) have you guys heard... Sorry, it's a tangent.
3: Have you guys heard the new kids Fudge the Police, straight from the underground. They hate
0: my baked
1: goods because it's brown. (laughs) Do
3: you remember Kids Bop? Do you remember those crazy kids, (laughs) Bop?
0: Do I remember Kids Bop? Oh, God. I know, but now
3: they're like they're still around they're still making that yeah, yeah it's a like kid
0: buck 5054
3: <laughs> they're like <laughs> they're doing beyonce and Lizzo and Cardi B and it's real there's you can, a WAP the
0: WAP one there's a uh,
3: WAP one yeah, yeah what is it waffles and something <gasps> oh my,
0: god. <laughs> <Get> my <laughs> god my how do you even how do you even censor <laughs> wet ass busy
3: you know what? I think we should just be teaching the kids wet ass pussy
1: and there's just macaroni
3: a vi- in a
0: pot,
1: and it's just a video of a cat getting a bath.
0: <laughs> Get a nice and cheesy. That's,
1: just, that's, all, <laughs> that's
0: all. This is did, what we did. They, they kept da-da-da-da. They kept the macaroni in a the pot. They were like, "Get it nice and cheesy." Yeah, that's bad. That's it.
3: That's yeah. bad. Sorry. I'm sure they could That, find that a was way. a bad tangent, sure. but it just it made was. me think
0: about. I mean, it's all well, around censorship. Going back to the point, <laughs> did you, as a child, pick yeah. up on? the weed smoke or did you see a cut an uncut version rather like an uncensored version
1: oh yeah i i when i saw the film for the first time i saw the uncut version because I, I had friends who had it on like vhs, VHS right? yeah. yeah
0: i saw it on vhs i think definitely watched it a bunch of times so maybe and when you re-watch it it cuts it out of your memory but yeah i watched it on vhs so you saw the uncensored version
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that that's and that did is you pick
0: one. up on it Oh yeah! It's really important that
3: they smoke weed, like right, because then it makes it all the crazy the story activity along. It's the catalyst for them opening up to each other. It's their social lubrication
0: for this afternoon. Also, as you, to loosen them up, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. for the conversa- heavy conversations they're about to have. Yeah, suicide by flare gun. Also, as an adult, <laughs> it's I an, was an just epidemic. Like- <laughs> <laughs> That's when he starts to crack when they're like, really? Plug him? Fucking mean But that David Bowie he's quote. He's got a third, third degree <laughs> circle burn on the side of his fucking face. They should have definitely, like he should have had bangs and then he should have like cleared the bangs and be like, yeah, I tried. I'm right here. <laughs> <Fuck>. Rockets up. <laughs> so that David Bowie quote. And these children that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That was the quote they put at the beginning of the movie. So it, it makes sense to what... Music is very important to John Hughes. Yeah. It is important. But it also makes sense as to what the principal's getting at. He's like, ah, they just don't have any respect. And he's like, no, they're quite aware of what they're uh, what they're going through. So the janitor... Custodian character embodies David Bowie, I guess, is maybe that com- that weird, loose reference. But you mentioned that when you were when you were a custodian, did mm-hmm. you feel the magic
1: of? Of like listening to David Bowie? <laughs> like, yeah, what's up? I have Bowie on my playlist. <laughs> it's
0: did you feel the magic? <laughs> did you feel like you had this, you were this magical janitor character, as you said? Because there's the oh. mythical, magical black person, the elderly oh. ba- black person. And then there's the magical... Janitor.
1: Oh, as as an interracial person with tattoos, being a custodian, I had the mental thought of like anybody asks me advice, I'm just avoiding it. I'm not. I'm not going to add to that. I'm not. No, I'm not going to help perpetuate this image. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to play death metal, and hopefully that's enough to keep you from but asking he, me anything. <laughs>
0: He's scary. We just won't talk to him.
1: <laughs> as I'm just like watching puppy videos on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like, no, I. Oh, I, uh, I, the puppy. Yeah. The apocalypse. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I brought it back. Apocalypse now. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Well, that sounds like the most
1: adorable apocalypse. So I. <laughs>
3: Just we're gonna re- way back remake this movie with no guns, no violence, and only puppies.
1: Only puppies. <laughs> but, like, the cast has to be like cats that have to survive the puppies, right? So it'll be Apocalypse meow. I like that. I like like that. that. (laughs) Oh, that's great.
0: That's a great rendition of that movie. It was just like a fat
1: cat. It was just like Marlon Brando's character.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's a cat that everyone thought was a dog, which is why he was in the army. Okay, but what kind of dog would... Chihuahua. Big, fat Chihuahua.
3: No, no. I was going to say Martin Sheen. What kind of... Uh, I did think about Chihuahua, though. Maybe a Tabby? No, but would if he be, if be a he's a, he would be a dog. So what dog would he be? Well, oh, no, cuz he would have to be the cat cuz he's
1: the cat going to go save, you know, the other cat. Would he
0: be a hound? I don't know. But I do We have need
3: a... to take it to the drawing board. We need, <laughs> oh we need gosh, to figure out the totally line. yeah, <laughs> to no, I really dog. I want to go down this rabbit hole, you guys. <laughs> we're going to have to do this offline. This off is mind. not a rabbit hole. This is a
0: dog and cat <laughs> hole. <laughs> okay. This so is how we're going
3: to make our millions.
0: Last little <laughs> breakfast club tidbit. They start whistling the
2: Mm-mm. You guys, You guys remember that song? Yes. So
0: I was retaught that song by my dad but in the version of the comet song. Do you remember the comet song? Like So the, comet like the comet, cleaner, the okay. cleaner. So yeah. It comet. Yeah. It makes your teeth turn green, comet. Oh. It tastes like gasoline, comet. It makes you vomit. So, why don't you try some today? Like that. No, I'm taking it by the look on your face. No. You have not. That that is
1: creative as hell. I like that.
0: That was a song kids used to sing in the 70s, apparently, about Comet. Telling children to eat Comet. This was a song from kids that was like, they made a. From that whistle song about Comet Cleaner.
3: I wish it was a visual medium so you see the fucking, the j- the fucking, the fucking jaw fucking, drop
0: that you had that lasted fucking, a fucking full 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah.
3: crazy fucking look I'm giving <laughs> you right now. It sounds insane. We're gonna download this now? That this was
0: nobody knows about that. It's something my dad had like sang to me and Your I remember- Your dad made
3: that up to fuck with you. <laughs> no, I, mean,
0: I definitely think other kids sang it too, but it stuck in my head clearly word for word. There are a few songs that stick in my head and that was-
1: definitely so required them. viewing listeners message the team here let them know if you were in the 70s if this was a thing you commonly sang
0: yeah if you know that comet song hit us yeah. up um <laughs> comment, your comment your comments <laughs> comment your
3: if they were singing that song they might have eaten, eaten
1: some of that that's why i went out of style real quick <laughs>
0: All right, now we're getting into the remake of The Three Musketeers mm. that we previously watched last week. That movie was really good. <laughs> Two weeks ago.
3: Raquel That's watched. Right. Now well, with a little it feels like, hits.
0: yes, well, again, for reference, I watched these movies back to back within a day of each other. They're that was different.
3: An interesting choice. They, are, they different. are different. They're very different. Which is why, yes. <laughs> yes, Wait, um, yes. So
0: I'm Just, gonna try to skim along, maybe a little through this, and we will discuss this movie as it's, we usually it's do. The,
3: it's basically the same story,
0: but in Disney 16, got
3: its claws in there.
0: The Three Musketeers in 1625, young but skilled fencer d'Artagnan, you know the guy. D'Artagnan. Sets off, but he's played by who, in my, oh my mind, God. is Robin from batman
3: chris o'donnell
0: chris o'donnell i was mm. like which robin that's <laughs> there's, true there's a few of them that's true i well, went to
1: george of court of the the rave 1990s kid.
0: rave kid robin yeah <laughs> that's who george i'm about. hard
1: nipples robin the one who like drifts on a motorcycle before fast and furious <laughs> <laughs> Just slides on that like a total ba <laughs>
0: so he plays d'artagnan and he doesn't an even worse attempt or at non-attempt at French accent again no no one's speaking in any French accents, but we are in he sets off for Paris France believe it or not in hopes to follow in his murdered father's footsteps and become a member of the musketeers the personal guard of the king of France he is pursued by Gerard and his brothers, accused of blemishing their sister's honor. Meanwhile, Captain Rochefort of the Cardinal's It's Scott, not his
3: sister that that guy's sister is a hoe. <laughs> it's not his fault. It's That's like, what I meant. Yeah, His sister is a hoe, not his fault. <laughs> I'm just saying, that guy's getting his panties in the bunch, but she, it, she also took opened her panties her, she off. She opened her legs
0: as much as he thrusted forward. For sure. Mm-hmm. It takes
3: mm-hmm. two to tango. It does. I don't think... I don't get rapey vibes from D'Artagnan. You know what I mean? Like, no, I get pan dropping vibes. vibes. I get horny she vibes. She
0: definitely was into it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> well, he's thinking that he's fighting for his sister's honor. Mm-hmm. But he's gonna be—he's gonna be doing a lot of fighting. He's gonna be a very tired brother, basically. That guy doesn't
3: fight at all in this movie, though. He just runs no. around and screams. He really
0: falls down. A I lot.
3: mean, that's
1: a form of fighting.
0: I've seen Inkman.
1: Steve Carell does it. He's that. fighting that's his true. throat
0: that's constantly <laughs> by screaming every day. Meanwhile, Captain Rochefort of the Cardinal's guards disbands the Musketeers per the orders of the Cardinal per the orders of Cardinal Richelieu, the King's minister. Tim Carell. <laughs> Obstensibly. Sorry, that's
3: the best part of this movie, is Tim Curry.
0: I, and, and Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen.
3: We're going to get no. there. Charlie Sheen.
0: Okay, let me get through the rest of this. <laughs> Obstensibly to help fight in an impending war with England, Rochefort informs Richelieu that the three musketeers refused to relinquish their duties, Athos, Porthos, and Aramis, because they're history's assholes. Dedoy. Kiefer
3: Sutherland or Oliver Platt and Charlie Sheen
0: okay (laughs) (laughs) big deal (laughs) i mean
3: in the 90s they were a big deal yeah okay well maybe not oliver platt oliver platt's been on the struggle bus always this is definitely one of the biggest things he's ever fucking done that is a hundred percent true because he did a lot of tv hashtag lake placid for life but also bringing it back
1: to batman bigger than like the nipple suits yeah because those were a pretty big deal with george clooney
0: yeah, they were. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he still talks about those nipple suits. Yeah. Of course, he does. There's a cut scene where he uses it to cut glass. He just
0: uh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like squeezing lemons yeah. on the like, <laughs> <He's just laughs> grating some ginger. Oh ready, Robin? <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> ready, Robin? He's just like. <laughs> and ginger and garlic. These things are (laughs) multi-purpose. Using that washboard as a washboard.
3: I'm going to fight crime and make dinner. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're not in that order. As he was
0: beating me up, he smelled so lemony fresh. I also like garlic. It was really painful, but also really refreshing. (laughs) The umami flavor was fantastic.
1: Also, last thing on that is just that Arnold Schwarzenegger gave his best performance in those movies. I don't care what anybody says. Like, my favorite puns come from Batman and Robin
3: forever. I also love Uma Thurman in that movie. That's we we'll have really to bring you back when we <laughs> talk
0: about Batman and Robin. Could oh, you don't really even mean it. We're, please. Yeah.
3: It's my favorite guilt trip trash
2: movie.
0: So good. Uh, guilt trip trash movies. That is what it should be called. Oh, guilty pleasure. Uh, guilty
3: pleasure. I sit down <laughs> <here laughs> and, and I watch all those movies from start to finish from... Tim Burton to Joel Schumacher, you like, can watch all of them. You can see a weird how progression. Yeah, no,
0: yeah, like, it's, what's it's so going weird. on in the nineties? It's just like on ecstasy. That's neon leather. That's because they moved on from the cocaine of the eighties and mm-hmm. into the ecstasy of yeah. the nineties. There was
3: a lot of snow in those first two movies. Prodigy was huge back then, you know. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: there was no snow in this movie because it was Paris in the summer, allegedly. And it, uh, speaking of in Paris, D'Artagnan, heavy air quotes, rescues. The queens and maidens from their own bodyguards and after a scolding takes a liking to one Constance. The one with the biggest boobs. Yeah. The one from Burn Notice. That's all I remember. Oh shit, she's from, the chick. From yeah, Burn Notice. Gabrielle something, something. You know.
1: Yeah, he's just looking Even at her. Now.
0: Gabrielle Mc Mac- something, something
1: he just looked at her chest and she's like my name's Constance and he's like they sure are
3: <laughs> I'm in love <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm in love I'm up here <laughs>
3: it just reminds me of history of the world part one it's good to be the king <laughs> it's good to be the king <laughs> it's good to be the king that is
0: definitely what I think about too yeah. <laughs> With the French king that us. they're pushing yeah <laughs> You look like a bucket of shit. (laughs) 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 Oh, a bullshit
3: artist. (laughs) Speaking of (laughs) of
0: bullshit, in the city, D'Artagnan encounters each one of the three musketeers separately. We know that he meets each of them separately. He he schedules duels with them at a different hour each time. (laughs) Porthos, Athos, yada, 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 yada. Then the captain's guard comes with the four other guards to arrest the musketeers. They become a band. You get it. Of merry men. Before you can join the
1: band, you got to duel me first, though.
0: Yes. And then eventually <laughs> they string him along until they can finally become the four musketeers, even though he's doing a lot of work with them and for them. He
3: kept volunteering, dude. He was like, I'm going to help you
0: they didn't like, leave.
3: Have... And he's
0: like, I'm going to help you. And in the first one, they had the servant character that was yeah. pretty crucial. They dropped that shit. They had no <laughs> servants in this one. It was a very much a Disney vehicle. Disney doesn't
3: have time for servants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Girl, I know
0: what I said. And <laughs> we transition to <through> China. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. D'Artagnan, boop, boop, D'Artagnan. Encouraging them to flee for his innocence.
3: Get to the get to there's the D'Artagnan the car.
0: escapes his cell and he eavesdrops on a conversation between Richelieu Ooh. and the mysterious Milady de Winter, <laughs> Rebecca de Mornay? Question mark Milady de Mornay, where <laughs> the Cardinal? Pl- question mark Heavy? Question mark Delivering a secret treaty to England's Duke of Buckingham, D'Artagnan is caught by Rochefort. Without having seen Milady's face,
1: Milady, <laughs> just like that too, Milady,
0: Milady, Milady, I caught you. Not even a fake a French accent,
1: Milady. Moments and I can change your name to the <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> I appreciate Richli orders him executed for refusing to give up the Musketeers' location, but he is saved by the Musketeers. So he didn't have to give up their location because that they, they were in the same location. As they flee, D'Artagnan reveals Richli's plans. They decide to intercept the spy at Calais and retreat. Calais. Calais. Because they talk about it a lot. They're they like do. We're going to Calais. They do. They say it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it's, a, it's lot. a big deal.
3: They say that more than Paris, and
0: they're like, They really do. Paris.
1: <laughs> it's just like one close up and like red screen from being like a kill bill moment. I'm just like, you
0: know, Calais. <laughs> Calais. And it turns into a music video. Yeah, I'd be into it. it. And retrieve the treaty to prove Riesley's guilt. Okay. During a skirmish, So many glares from Tim Curry in this movie. So many glares. And so many. (laughs) Sprites. Lady. Lady winter, Played by Rebecca (laughs) DeMarne. I loved (laughs) it. Did you enjoy that? I did. It was great. During a skirmish, a party slips up. D'Artagnan rides ahead and Calais but passes out from exhaustion and is found when Milady de Winter, he wakes in a bed stripped of his weapons and clothes as Milady tries to seduce him. Poorly. Or, poorly seduce She's him. like, look at my titties. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just like that too. It's, yeah, that's
1: spot on.
0: But it's Disney. Isn't so. sed- not seduction French for titties? That's obviously. Eyes <laughs> down here, mean. big boy. My eyes are down here.
3: <laughs> like her getting that knife in this scene is she's telegraphic. She's very obvious about. It. She's like, look at me getting my knife. She's oh, this knife right here. <laughs> this
0: one between my boobs. Ouch! I cut Ooh, myself. I gotta bend so far to pick it up. <laughs> D'Artagnan speaks openly of his plans, not knowing she is the spy, because he's distracted by. Bowie's. Miladies. By Constance. <laughs> he's distracted by my titties. <laughs> um, <laughs> not Constance. By Milady de Winter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she attempts to run away and is stopped by Athos, who is revealed to have been her first husband. Oh, snap. But betrayed her to the authorities when he found out she was branded a murderer. The Musketeers retrieve the treaty and Milady is sentenced to death for the murder of her second husband. Milady gets around. Milady marries a lot of people.
3: She was fucking Kiefer Sutherland. She tried to get Chris O'Donnell. She's a... Well, it's all Keeper Sutherland's fault. Mm. Let's be honest yeah. here. They have that scene before <laughs> she goes to die, and she's kind of like, "No, I was fine, and then you happened, and then I turned into a Spider Woman." So, <laughs> you you did
0: this to me. You made me to winter. He Has yeah. he really
1: changed since the Lost Boys? Has he really?
0: Athos, <laughs> Porthos, and Aramis send missives. The
3: most real thing in this whole fucking movie was Keeper Sutherland's greasy ass hair. Oh, my God. It was so greasy.
1: It was so greasy. That's why so he could greasy. never hold on to a sword. He just did that <laughs> once with his hair. Just.
0: <laughs> to rally the rest of the musketeers, Richelieu and Rochefort hired a sharpshooter. During the assembly, D'Artagnan interrupts the sniper's shot, which narrowly misses the king. <gasps> The musketeers reveal themselves, and Richelieu blames them for the attempted assassination. As the three face off with the cardinal's guards, men rush to their aid and reveal themselves as musketeers. The two forces battle as Richelieu takes the king and queen hostage. The shooting- king
3: looks like Lord Farquaad. He totally did. <laughs> <laughs> it's always bothered me. Even though this movie came out before Shrek. Before Shrek. Like, once Shrek happened, I was like, oh. Okay. it has gotta be it. A- inspiration <laughs> for Shrek. Just
0: change it. You know? <laughs> Come on, you can do it. You can do it. It's fine. You copy
1: my homework. Just change the answers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shooting Aramis in the chest before fleeing to the dungeon with pew, Athos pew. and Porthos in pursuit. D'Artagnan duels Rochefort and and is disarmed as Rochefort gloats about having killed D'Artagnan's father. Yeah, that's some big After dick his energy there. Dad like stabbed his fucking eye out. He I love that they call my him Cyclops the whole fucking time. <laughs> they really fuck with him.
3: Yeah, he was hot as shit. Let's not go lie here.
0: I can fix his eye, too. It's okay. <laughs> I can fix him. <laughs> I can fix him and his eye.
1: I love him. I know that's in poor taste, but...
0: <laughs> it's okay. He's an
3: assassin. We can work on that. He just has anger issues.
1: I think of the money will save
0: on the he optometrist. Just, <laughs> he just needs love. <laughs> He's going to heal He's him. Just, yeah. Speaking, Speaking of healing, Constance retrieves and throws him his sword, and D'Artagnan promptly kills Rochefort. So, no, no healing. Athos <laughs> and Porthos arrive just as Richelieu's boat leaves on an underground river, with Richelieu vowing to return. That's some old school villain shit. Hmm. I'll be back. I'm Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> I have <Spice>. no ships. <laughs> The boatman then reveals himself as Aramis, his crucifix having stopped the bullet. Aramis moves to apprehend the cardinal, but King Louis punches Richelieu himself, knocking him into the river. Because he's. They're much younger in this version. Oh, yeah. The king and queen are much younger. The babies. The, The babies. The musketeers are reinstated by the king, and D'Artagnan is offered anything he wants. He chooses to serve Louis as a musketeer. Outside the musketeer headquarters, Gerard and his brothers arrive and challenge D'Artagnan to a duel. Porthos reminds him that musketeers not only protect king and country, but also each other. Gerard and his brothers are then chased off by the entire musketeer division. Why should we give a shit about this version of the Three Musketeers?
3: Oh my god! Aside I know. for
0: Aaron's obvious childhood boner, lady boner for there Charlie Sheen. So
3: many lady boners in this movie, though, like Charlie Sheen, the one-eyed guy.
0: <laughs> I honestly, your list l- is not a, sounding great. A, a little Charlie bit. Sheen, the one-eyed <laughs> man.
3: <laughs> honestly, <laughs> all boobs, her- McGee. <laughs> <laughs> boobs
0: McGee. This
3: was pretty peak Oliver Platt too. He was looking pretty. The most felt he's ever looked in his career. I still didn't believe him as a sexy guy. No, but I'd make out with him at a bar.
0: Yeah, okay. (laughs) Like, that's the kind of vibe he
3: was bringing, though. When we're introduced to him, he's drinking. And, like, he's constantly trying to throw bitches at Chris O'Donnell the whole movie.
0: He is. He's like, here, what would you do? And then Charlie
3: Sheen's like, no, you gotta speak poetry to them. And then they'll put their tits in your face.
0: <laughs> also, Charlie Sheen. We know you're not speaking no poetry to no women. Maybe None you of might them porn stars. He, no. he changed his
1: approach after this
0: point. <laughs> I, I bet you. I bet you in high school. Work. <laughs> I bet you in high school and like early, early, early Charlie Sheen career. He was definitely trying to spit some Shakespeare at some ladies because he was like, "I'm oh, an actor, ladies. Check me out." All the girls were like, "Oh my god!" Oh, he
1: was definitely in the quad with a guitar, doing Wonderwall absolutely oh, my oh yeah God.
0: <laughs> with his fellow with fucking val kilmer and
3: okay yeah. but here's the deal though charlie sheen was one of the only people that was like they wanted
0: charlie sheen and they got charlie sheen but they wanted charlie sheen like even at that point in his career i do not believe him as ever trying to become a priest <laughs> i know right he was like i was trying to and it i was like different, and you failed adult, there too. <laughs> when i was a kid i told him like it was i like, believe
3: yeah, it's, it yeah
0: the church can change him <laughs>
3: Oh my God. <laughs> winning. He was actually That's was, what he was
0: saying when he was swashbuckling with yeah. his sword. He's like, winning. Much <laughs> like
3: Emilio though, he was brought in for Porthos. I couldn't really find anybody to fit the of his shoes, even though they read with Brendan Fraser at one point. Dude. Mm. Um and they also read Brendan Fraser for D'Artagnan. Um Brad Pitt and Stephen Doriff were also turned down
0: for D'Artagnan. they all read okay. for D'Artagnan. brad pitt should have been D'Artagnan. i think brendan fraser should have been one of the musketeers for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. and keeper sutherland and charlie sheen okay but wait listen to these other names that also were attached to this
3: at some okay. point okay william baldwin Bi- fucking billy baldwin <laughs> jean claude van damme al pacino <laughs> johnny depp <laughs> carrie elvis robert downey jr oh carrie gary oldman Alice. yeah gary oldman who the fuck was Gary Oldman gonna play in this movie? Besides Cardinal okay. Richelieu,
0: yeah.
1: I, but he could have done it. Like, he could have done you know, Rock Four. Like he has the flexibility with his talent when it comes to acting. Like I, I could see it. I
3: could he see was it. doing. Dracula in 92.
0: Johnny Depp would have been... Was busy. Yeah, Dude, he was busy. Dude, if Johnny Depp was in He was doing a better movie than this. <laughs> if, John, if, fair, fair. if Johnny Depp and Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen were the three musketeers, I think you would have fucking slid out of your chair.
3: Oh, my God. Oh, my
1: God. Could you imagine the
3: merchandise on Hot Topic to this day? Oh, like. oh fuck. my God. <laughs> Especially me in the 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, That's what the I, girl who conned her parents into taking her to see Ed Wood in the theaters at in an inappropriate age. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was into it. Uh, Winona Ryder... Red for
0: Constance? No, Dwinter. De Winter. Winter. Mm, that would have been way better. She dropped better. out though. Uh, like she was cast. That makes sense. Because that's sidebar, I really, I didn't physically did not write any notes down for this movie. You were just enraptured by the whole experience. No, I was in shock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca De Mornay. I have seen da her. What the fuck? De- Rebecca to de- come on, <laughs> like I watched her in that shining TV series, and She's she bad was in that. awful and was better, in this. and she was better is a is a word that could be used, yes, it's a word that exists in the lexicon, but <laughs> to to describe her in this film, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I think they needed some de boobies, mm-hmm. and they got de Mornay for de Winter
3: well. And she was not writer. And Winona Ryder doesn't have big titties either.
0: No, but a push up bra and a fucking corset, you can make anything happen. Yeah, I mean, and some makeup.
3: Faye Dunaway was a fabulous. Absolutely. She
0: was a fabulous winter. So then to see. And
3: De Boobies. Faye
0: Dunaway with Da Boobies and then see De Mornay DeSuke, it was just not good. It was great. To watch her launch herself Struggle off into that Chris fucking O'Donnell. cliff no. into
3: the abyss of her career.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's just um, there's a reason we're not seeing DeMorne anymore. People were really into her look in the '90s, and then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she is a
3: very she, yeah she's not very prolific. People, she's a big when,
0: character, and it just when you put a big it just sinks like say what you will about Raquel Welch's acting she carried the performance way better than de Mornay. agreed 100% she was Constance I understand that but <laughs> way better she did way better because that was everybody was like oh she can't act Th- but there are people who can act better than others
3: mm-hmm.
0: who, was, who else was was there anybody else slotted slotted other than Winona Ryder
3: <sighs> they gave it to oh Rebecca God. de Mornay after she dropped out of the film
0: see that makes sense she seemed like a person where they're like oh we didn't get who we wanted but
3: we got this bitch we'll give her a paycheck (laughs) fraction of what we offered winona winona was doing other really good stuff in 92 Mm mhm dracula yeah i was like
0: dracula
3: (laughs) Well, that's when it came out they shot it in like
0: 91 she she could i think that would have been a good vehicle for her though to do dracula and then the three musketeers all right yeah Two re- I just two don't big see
3: remakes. Winona as a Disney princess. I you see know her as I mean? a Constance. I could see her more as Constance than mm. De Winter.
0: Who? Okay, who would you have cast as De Winter in from the nineties remake 90s. in the nineties? Pamela Anderson.
3: No. Someone with acting capability.
0: What about Lauren Dumb and Dumber? Lauren Holly. Oh, that would have been oh. interesting. Lauren yeah. Holly would have been a great DeWinter. Honestly, I was going to say Nicole Kidman. Yeah, yeah.
3: She's oh. kind of that vibe. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Nicole Kidman one. was really... she was been popular for ages, you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Days of
0: Thunder was the 80s. I she, think Kathleen Turner still would have made a great de Winter.
3: Yeah, if this movie I know she was, was made older, like five years before, maybe. I still think it would have been Coming off funnier. the heels of the jewel of the nile and yeah those movies
0: just think about Serial mom she was still she was still pretty hot yeah. they could have done it yeah. maybe yeah and then she could have been Milady de winter whispering her way through
1: absolutely absolutely great. yeah no i would those are both really i didn't even think of those two <laughs> what like, what's your pick <laughs> i I, now I don't even want to share <laughs>
3: oh i'm so, well, I'm so a, worried it's, what's gonna happen no, it's it's a circle of if it's, trust, if this it's is a not face. if
0: it's if it's rebecca de mornay then we will shame you but if it's not rebecca de mornay it's not rebecca de mornay
1: <laughs> but i think it's such an out of left field pick i don't know if it's no gonna,
0: but i love it okay. oh yeah
1: already i, I was I, I wanted to do the outfield pick of selma blair like
3: ooh in 92 yeah she wasn't really much on the scene quite yet well
1: that's why that's why i picked her because it's it's kind of
0: like a vehicle for her to get bigger.
1: Yeah, it, I guess maybe kind of like in the same stance, but ending in a bit better, for it, better for her
3: instead of right back. She's in the never done period pieces, really.
0: She yeah. hasn't. That's that would have true. been an interesting.
3: But, that is an interesting pick. Yeah, but that's why we like, talk about different actors in these movies. Uh-huh. That's one of our favorite conversations because we like to think about what was. It's a hard to make a case for it. Been. But true. my
1: my reasoning is her acting from the. F- the first and second hellboy movies. I know it's kind of a weird way to like make the case for it. But um
0: cruel intentions,
1: yeah, so that's my right. That's my point is like she knows how to nail it on a comedy sense like she knows how to be funny. She knows how to do it on a serious drama. Mm-hmm. and she knows how to kind of be in the middle of dramatic, but also uh, entertaining enough to where she can bring humor
0: and liven up a scene. And so it's I, I, funny, you bring up Selma Blair. don't know. Cause I totally messaged her in hopes that one day she'll see oh our God. message and come on the podcast. I would fucking oh my die. Gosh. I'm holding them out for you. Dude. She definitely responded when we, cause we talked about a dirty shame. Really? Yeah. yeah last year. And like, she liked it and like responded with hearts and I called this bitch and I was like, Oh my God. I know. <laughs>
3: I, I, I had to sit down. I, I also really just excited. a huge
1: like fanboy for some of Blair. Like I've always loved her acting. Like she's just I don't know, but that's that's who I go to for some reason. I, uh, she's
0: amazing. Otherwise, I, I would think have picked a great her, choice.
1: I would have picked renona Nona Wider if it wasn't for the fact that you already shared. Yeah, that. no.
0: See, it makes sense no. when you said it. I was like, oh, oh, totally. <laughs> but
3: you want to find something else? Re- I this little tidbit, fun fact, really just adds up for Charlie Sheen's life, which is why I included it. So Kiefer Sutherland and Chris O'Donnell and Oliver Platt all went through six weeks of training. For fencing, okay. Guess he was not there. Charlie Sheen, Sheen. the Sheenster, oh because because he was he supposed was to be reading books. F- f- he was wrapping up with hot shots Part Two, mm. and mm. so he missed all training. So he just bullshitted the whole thing through the whole movie, which adds up. That sounds like Charlie. So you're Sheen. telling
1: me this man came in and did pretend winning. sword fight, like literal winning.
0: Yeah. But did it's you really notice because they probably no. cut away from it a lot of 100%. the time. The other guy they were like the other guys showed up to practice. We'll the only other work. note I have is Brian <laughs> Adams. Brian Adams. Brian Adams did Wait, the
3: the theme song to this movie. Okay, oh, okay. That, all
0: for love. That, Come on, you guys. Like, that was going had. to be my question. Was Bucking? what the fuck?
3: Brian Adams, all for <laughs> all love. For, love. I won't.
0: And all, for was it all for one and all, all for love?
3: love. <laughs> yeah, dude, this shit was great. Brian Adams was big in my house.
1: I mean, he's it, more appreciated now. Like, I'm heaven, one heaven, makes, you love. Love. heaven makes you believe in love. Heaven makes you believe in love.
0: My boyfriend started singing it afterwards, and I was like, Ugh. but you know what? I'll take all for one and one for love over fucking Scooby D. any day. <laughs> the fucking Bahamut <Baja laughs> yeah. from last week. God, that was a bad, bad decision.
3: Yeah, Brian Adams.
0: Chef's good. okay so what the fuck with this movie though because <laughs> <laughs> why should we care <laughs> why should we give a shit because it's different they change the story i get that they don't want to tell the same old story all the time but they made the king and queen younger they took away the too duke easy, of man. buckingham because like the duke of Bu- the whole point was that the why they're going to war with britain is that the duke of buckingham is trying to get with the queen anne it makes sense. In this, you're just kind of like, okay, why are they? They're just at well, war. Well, they switched.
3: It's just like them trying to stop a murder plot instead of stop an international war. Okay, but it's still, no. I that's why I wanted to watch this. Yeah, there's there's a some difference. Very critical points from the '73 movie that they removed because Disney needed time for. All for love at the end. Oh
0: my God. <laughs> they needed all the time for all for love. And they also I just didn't believe anything about Charlie Sheet. I was like, I don't believe that you were studying to become a priest. I obviously don't believe your sword fighting because you were never at practice. But he was
3: a hoe. He was a priest who was a hoe. He was definitely That's down why he didn't make to it. drink yeah. and fuck. That's why he was seducing that hooker.
0: That I believe. He knew that. He was like this. Was is like, my like, I'm gonna give you some words that I read from this book. And I was like, bitch, you don't read <laughs>
1: I would I would say maybe I am I'm, I'm gonna kinda take a little a little liberty from the first film we talked about with uh, uh, Apocalypse Meow. Um, <laughs> po- apocalypse apocalypse
0: like Meow. Like a meow or yeah. a paw like with paws.
3: Yeah. Oh. oh. there's also Apocalypse Apocalypse, apocalypse
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, I have not uh, forgotten yeah. about the stunning musical Apocalypse Wow.
3: We're also we're just gonna write a bunch of different remakes of this movie
0: (laughs) absolutely uh i I would say
1: that in that aspect on the other side of the dynamic it is a tdm film for being more sensitive and in tune with your emotions as a dude like i I know that seems seems like kind of a hard case to make was
0: this a tdm film for dudes and I,
1: I argue it is. I, so, right, if you compare it, in, in this case, because this episode of Apocalypse Now, right, mm-hmm. that side of it is supposed to be kind of like what you said explosions, guns, talking about like mental masculinity. health. Masculinity. Uh, yeah, masculinity, um, you know, uh, that side, the, the machismo somewhat of mm-hmm. it. Whereas this other side of it, is Three Musketeers this version where it's talking more about like how there's you know how you can talk to women how you can uh, stand up for your beliefs what is a loyalty between two guys do you are you friends just because you are in the same profession or mm. are you actually loyal to each other through solidarity of a similar mission that you both have what defines being a gentleman what defines being chivalrous in this case mm-hmm. and that's what I would say is kind of what makes it a TDM film because okay. if once you add Add in all you know the, the boobs and the the fun and the, and the enjoyment with it that it's more of the I would say poetic you know, you know for the nineties air quotes poetic side okay we also
0: have a point it is not the three musketeers without titties yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good point well honestly it's not the French Revolution
3: without titties <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's also very true well I have to ask the question again towards the now that we've come through all the movies and all the Sheens. Who is your favorite Sheen? I mean, I, I
3: still love Emilio. Yeah. As yeah. an adult, Emilio hits. St- when I was a kid, it was Charlie. It was this. It was fucking Aramis. That shit was hot as fuck to me when I was 10. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, I could respect Emilio's artistic mm-hmm. journey yeah. a lot more. Okay. And the fact that he kept his name steadfast yeah. throughout his right. career and never switched it to be a Sheen.
1: Yeah. Like, like, it's it's hard Mad to say... respect, it. bro. It's hard to say, like, oh, Martin Sheen's my favorite. Like, well, yeah, that's like saying the first film is your favorite. Right. Of course it's your favorite. That's what establishes it. Like, Martin Sheen established the Sheen name. Mm, so, correct. You know, of the course, it's, it's easy to pick that as a fave. But yeah, Emilio, I'd have to... I'd have to think, have Martin's definitely... Martin's body of Emilio. work is
3: fucking impressive,
1: though. Oh, it is. Impressive.
0: I would definitely say, especially with Grace and Frankie... And Absolutely. Also, seeing that Sheen peen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think as an older lady, definitely leaning more Martin Sheen, but Emilio in my heart, man. From Emilio! when I was younger, wanted to just till even now it's like i could watch the breakfast club any day and uh, i did i used there were
3: some moments in my life where i watched the breakfast club on repeat like every day
1: i would also argue that emilio is a bit more consistent with emotion in his acting as compared yes. to his father and and maybe that's I just me that. yeah. focusing too hard on his role in the spawn movie but <laughs> 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 but I I, I I i feel like anytime i've seen emilio in any movie uh, regardless of the uh, narrative or context of it like anytime he brings emotion to his roles like it's easy to get invested and like really lose your disbelief and just fall into with why he's upset or why he's sad or why this mission that he's taking on in this film needs to be completed.
0: Yeah. I think your reaction to seeing H. Sheen on your face is also indicative, right? When you see Martin Sheen, you're like, okay, all right. (laughs) So air of respect. You see Emilio and you're like, oh, yay, okay. You get excited, you're like, Emilio. Quack, 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 quack. And then you see Charlie Sheen, you go, oh boy! <laughs> <Winning>. <laughs> what? what is oh he going to say now? <laughs> winning at not winning. Start
1: the timer. Let's see how
0: long Dude, it takes. Okay, we didn't even fucking talk about that HIV thing. Did I? Did we I didn't even fucking it? touch on that. The three was just, there was so What's much I had to she, include. Like I remember when you were like, "Okay, i start." Like she called me up. She was like, "I'm going. I'm still going through the fucking Sheen's bio. Just between, I forgot about the Tiger's blood and the winning and the HIV no, positive. I and like, oh, I was like, did. "Oh, there's
3: just been so much in this episode. We, got, we just well, there was was so much wanted, to talk about." But his like, ex wife sued him for not telling, or maybe. Ex wife, ex girlfriend. One of the we women he about was the fucking, kids,
0: but we didn't talk about the him HIV
3: for not disclosing that he was HIV positive. Yeah. I and mean, then good, people were like, for that, her suing
0: him, I remember but. that being a thing because so many dudes were like, You can get sued for not telling people. And you're like, Yes, yeah. yes <laughs> you can. <laughs> Correct. That is illegal. And you're like, knowingly spreading it. And yes. I loved telling that fact to people because like yeah. watching all the guys shit their pants when they when they knew that fact. You're like, yeah, so you need to start telling people about whatever you... And the fact that you're so scared means you're obviously got something and you're not telling people about it. <laughs> something tells something me you're new right. for a checkup. Right? It was like, also go to the clinic. So. Uh, also, Charlie Sheen, go to the, the clinic. I was <laughs> like, is that on
3: his Charlie's calendar? Go to the clinic every month. Every month.
0: He's got a bi weekly appointment. If you're
3: constantly dating and marrying porn stars and having a relationship with women who fuck for a living, you should be going to the clinic every month.
0: That was a thing. That's right? good
3: sexual yeah. health practices. I'm not chastising him. I'm no. literally saying, Charlie.
0: Yeah, yeah no. Go, go to the, the clinic. clinic on a regular People think going <laughs> to the clinic means something's Charlie, wrong did you with you. you check your
1: calendar? Did you make the appointment today? We're actually talking to you. Go.
0: Go now. We're You have to you. get
3: checked. Adult film stars oh, get yeah. checked. Oh yeah, professional ones. Oh, the, it's like a side. screening. The, yeah. uh, the COVID. Safety COVID. Uh, Co- yeah. I was like, like COVID. This COVID. Gonorrhea.
1: Going <laughs> down the list. It, 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 that's so damn. <laughs> it, that's so damn funny when you really think about it too. Because like I've had, I, I've told friends prior of, you have to be upfront if you don't want to get your shit rocked.
0: Yeah. If you're passing
1: something along, because. And they'll make the argument of like, well, they don't do that on porn sets. I'm like, they're actually way more stern on porn sets. There. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Oh, they they, take a they know what they're seat. doing. They're you're like, hey, everyone's fucking. So did you know that? The, yeah, yeah.
0: Whereas I feel like in the world, people try to ignore the fact that it happens. And that's how mm-hmm. it spreads when people ignore it and don't talk about it right. or True. make jokes about it and chastise it. And you're like, no, it's more often than not, more people have it than you think. And it's because nobody wants to go get checked. Yeah. But everyone I mean, should get checked. We're also
1: the same society. PSA. That go mm-hmm. to the clinic. <laughs> go
0: get checked and go get a mental health checkup as, while you're at it.
1: Keep in mind, we are also the same society that for like a two and a half year stretch kind of still going on, won't wear a mask. For sure. Won't wear a mask. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Too much to ask of.
0: So check your mind grapes and your man grapes. <laughs>
1: yeah i'm gonna say that from now on that's really cool. we're gonna put tonight. that on a t-shirt what should i do Ding. check your check your man grapes dude
0: check your mind grapes and your, your man mind grapes. Grapes, and your man
1: grapes make sure you got no weird bumps huh mm-hmm. Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> mark <Tray-mark, R-B-> Tray- <laughs> right there you should, you should put that like under the logo yeah. like the
0: sticker
3: i think it'll just be then.
0: like above and below and then it'll just be like a happy set of grapes that's just yeah. bouncing along and walking down the street yeah
3: two sets of grapes,
1: yeah, just two, two, sets, sets of grapes. Two, two sets of <laughs> two sets of grapes with a very with a one, long you're stretch one of room <laughs> one bunch
0: of grapes with multiple grapes in your bundle yeah. i see
3: i see i see mm-hmm. we're going to have to workshop that's that a grape mm-hmm. that's a great idea we're working <laughs> <up>. <laughs> zing oh uh, shit final thoughts on machines on and uh, sheens the musketeers life
0: yes yes whoa <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Or more like, all right, yes,
1: oh.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we love the Sheens. Absolutely. And the Estevezes. That's why we chose to include them in our... Spotlight series. Our Spotlight series and Race in Hollywood. I I would also
1: say for like, maybe for like all the, the, the family actors that were prevalent during that time. I mean, you can bring up the Baldwins, you can bring up the Arquettes. Um, When we will, yeah, we're (laughs) going to talk
0: about all. (laughs) I I would
1: say though that the Sheens have more consistently throughout the years impacted Hollywood and film itself in very different dynamics. I Mm -hmm. mean, take away all the terrible things Charlie Sheen has done; he did do and add into the influence of comedic films, parody films. Um, I'm not going to like put his name up to some, you know, major players that have done it before him, but like he did, you know, help bring humor to a different type of life, more of type of like some would say like blue collar esque type of humor, but mm-hmm. I would definitely more go into palpable tongue in cheek type of humor. Mm.
0: Well he like Nick Cage, like we were talking about, they found a way to laugh at themselves. They yeah. knew that their image was already there's no fighting this. Yeah. You are who you are. But they learned how to work with it. Well, not lately for yeah Charlie uh, Sheen, but.
1: but just for like that that time. Like I feel like their influence on Hollywood and what they brought to the film genre itself definitely helped open horizons for different type of films to be made. And I know that seems kind of like a weird take. But if you really think about it, you know, look at Emilio, for example. He oh, we're looking. <laughs>
2: we always look. He was
1: he was in films like The Breakfast Club that were that made a huge impact on the youth at the time and still do. And he was able to change that to being a kind of more of a family face with the Mighty Duck films. And then if you look at Martin Sheen, who definitely brought more of. Uh, I don't. I don't want to like strictly say like theater. Like brought the theater acting of the family to the but forefront. But he did.
0: Well, do you think that that was classical people training? Thought that Emilio Estevez was his show name. Let's t- for him to sound more ethnic or it was more acceptable exotic. when Emilio
3: mm-hmm. was starting to sound. I hate saying more ethnic, but He still
0: looked like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white boy. Correct. And so I feel like that was his thing, but they were like, yeah, but you can keep the name because it makes you sound exotic, but you still look- Mm -hmm.
1: like a white guy and that's that's the thing i would say is so like if you look at charlie sheen and martin sheen right they kept the hollywood family name Mm -hmm. because they were afraid that people wouldn't back their movies if they didn't sound too white you Mm know um whereas emilio he stuck to his guns Mm -hmm. you know he i'm willing to bet more than anything he's aware of how he looks, and more than likely, is aware of prejudice that he would get from both sides. If you're an actor and you're
0: not aware of how you look, yeah. you are not a successful actor. Correct.
1: <laughs> but just to, yeah. even though that might not have been his mission, just to stick to his guns, keep mm-hmm. with his name, and for it, him to not be phased by. People that might have turned him down because of it, or even getting odd reactions of him being, you know, looking like a white boy, but having a Hispanic name, mm-hmm. you, he still stuck to his guns, proved that was his name, proved that was his born name. And that kind of also helped pave the way of, uh, I would say, other uh, Hispanic actors who were making it known that it's okay to be yourself. You should stick to your guns, you should rep who you come from and rep your name. Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it would have gone the same way if Martin Sheen kept his uh, original Mm -hmm. name. I don't know if it would have been the same if Charlie Sheen kept his original name. What I do know is that Milio sticking to his guns, sticking to what makes the fact that he was confident in knowing what he can deliver to the screen is something that I think is admirable in in that right. It's a testament to being prideful at the result of your art, being prideful of your skill, and being proud of it but being willing to continue to put in that work to bring in your best effort to each role that you're putting in. Whereas Charlie Sheen at some point was just arriving for a paycheck.
3: (laughs) Yes. Um, Every actor just arrives for a paycheck (laughs) at some point in time or another, (laughs) my friend. Well, Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you, Mateo, for joining us again. We really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, my friend. I always enjoy coming on. Thanks. Next week. Strap in. Oh, God. John Wick himself.
0: We were just talking about Keanu. Charlie Sheen. I don't think you want to talk about strapping in. <laughs> <laughs> That's strapping
3: on, my friend.
0: Ooh. What
3: movies are we watching?
0: Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I'm also very excited. Continue you on with our- You get our, to hear the list of movies before everybody else does. Our 90s
3: extravaganzas <gasps> Keanu on.
0: Reeves. Keanu. Well, people are like, why Keanu? Because everyone knows by now, Keanu Reeves is part Asian.
3: Actually, not a lot of people still know. I mean, if you but Google that's why it, we're including you can figure him it in this out. Season,
0: but the movies we're watching, I did are. not know
3: for a long time. Just because you have hooded eyes does not mean you're Asian. Also, a time traveler. Not exclusive. <laughs> he is also he a is traveler. time traveler. Yeah,
0: there's <laughs> photographic evidence. Well, the drool sesh continues with Point Break, nineteen ninety one. Johnny Pneumonic, nineteen ninety five, and The Devil's Advocate, nineteen
1: ninety seven there's still that's, a good, one. that's yeah. a good one there's still yeah. a lot of fans Pacino
3: of that one. Charlize
0: Pacino, Theron Charlize Theron so many good things Theron mm. Theron. Theron I heard her saying her last name oh, yeah. Theron she and then care some, the some dickbag guy that she was being interviewed by was like oh that's sexy and she's mm-hmm. like that's my name asshole <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs>
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody, don't forget to follow the Required Viewing Podcast on Spotify. Yes. As well as our socials. Yes. As well as my social, Aramaline Official. Chloe Riggs makes things. What's your social, friend?
1: Uh, mine is at the Matt on Instagram.
3: And what are you doing right now? What do so, you got going on?
1: So uh, fans of the Punker Horror Podcast might know that we've been on a pretty extended hiatus. We kind of uh, fell off on the wayside. And that was on purpose as life just took a priority that's um, punk rock man <laughs> so thank you thank you <laughs> um but I, I am excited to say that we are actually officially in the works of uh, making our return nice. um Hello. coming this first of april and no it's not a joke i'm being legitimate we are going to be recording and coming out with a new episode i'm not going to say exactly what it is okay. as we are changing up a bit of our format but we're not going to change so much that we're going to annihilate the fan base that has enjoyed what we put out there so all i can say is that if you are still following the punk record podcast thank you if not and you want to check out our episodes we are still on spotify on itunes if you look us up on google you'll get a ton of other places where you can find us um and stay tuned for some new content to be coming out fabulous wonderful
3: speaking of staying tuned stay tuned till next week friends and happy viewing happy viewing This has been a Required Viewing Network production. A big thank you to the RVP team, director, writer, producer, host, Aaron Mullane, social media manager, graphics editor, producer, host, Chloe Riggs, as well as a big thank you to our guest contributors and the RVP community for supporting the show.
0: This is Required Viewing.